0: You are listening to The Cigar Noise Boys. Roma, Roma, Ma, Gaga, Oh La, la. <laughs> I want your bad romance. All right, That one doesn't count. Uh, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Uh, here we go. I bet there's rich folks eating in a fancy dining car. They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. Oh, some prison. Yeah. Johnny Cash. Oh, I love that song. Uh, what's up, everybody? Cigar Knows Boys. Uh, I became a man. Tyler, I don't know if your balls also dropped. <laughs> uh, I lost my voice, so it's going to be gravelly. Why are you a 49ers fan all of a sudden? Don't want to talk about it.
1: Uh, you see them. Do you see the meme, the meme, Dom? Uh, where uh, once again, uh, Tyler's quarterback
0: convinces he had a shot. I haven't seen that one, I haven't seen too many Green Bay memes. I don't know if that's uh, because I'm on the west coast. Re- real quick,
2: you played a Johnny Cash song. Um, my grandpa was big in the Johnny Cash, and I remember I played him one of his newer albums. uh had The Man Comes Around and then Hurt, and I played it for my grandpa. He's like, what the fuck is this shit? He's like, when did Johnny Cash get depressed? I'm like, hey, it's just it's later in life, man. Uh, I think
0: that's the one that Rick Rubin produced. Trent Reznor. Oh, Trent Reznor. Yeah, yeah. Were those all covers or, you know, the breakup of that? Because I know a lot of them were covers. Uh, I'm not sure, but I need to listen to that album again. Like you did It Won't Back Down. Uh Heart of Gold. Actually, I don't know if that's the same album. He did two little...
1: wasn't it called Cash? Could
0: have been that one. I'm not too uh too wise in that subject. Um we're joined this week by Skim Martin of Romocraft Tobacco. When was the last time we had you on? Tyler was in Wisconsin. He's been on one time and
2: I I don't know when it was, but I was in my car um, because I didn't have Internet at my house. Oh, it was middle of winter, too. No, I had Internet, but I wanted to smoke a cigar and it was cold as fuck. So I did it in my car at a grocery store parking lot that had been two years ago.
1: I don't remember. Well, I'm Um, on again. I'm on again because uh, Tyler basically acted like a baby until I agreed.
0: (laughs) See, Tyler, Tyler told me he was in a bad mood. That and was I today. said, yeah, and I said, yo, I lost my voice. He's like, let's just postpone. Skip hasn't gone back to me. I don't know if we're going to do it.
1: No, th- this is the way oh, Tyler yeah. does. This is like a little child, right? You, you know, you say, you know, he talks about it all week. Can you do it? Can you do it? I said, look, I don't, I don't like to make plans. I don't know. I got to fly. And of course I am going to do it. I'm just fucking with him. And then, uh, I don't know if you can hear my microphone correctly. So then, um, you know, I don't last night when he left, I said, I don't know. I'll, I'll try to be here by seven. So it's kind of one of those. We'll we'll find it. I just don't even want to do it. You know, like a like a fucking eight year old. Um, so. Love it when the planet comes together. No, well, the thing is,
2: uh, we had that dude, Sean, who moved to Austin kind of like right when I did. And uh, he hit me up and said, hey, man, I haven't smoked a cigar in six months. Next time you're at a, a, a cigar shop let me know we can meet up and i don't go to too many cigar shops around here i go to habana house and smokers abbey maybe once every other week or so Shh, honeypot honeypot yeah it's a, well it was until tyler ruck started getting shit weaseled to him to houston um but uh he was the one to say hey when he when skip when are you going on the cigar noise boys podcast first of all skip was I was actually, it was cool to meet Sean because I didn't actually think normal people listen to the podcast. So like, you know, a successful, uh, gentleman, you know, li- actually listening to us. That was kind of cool. Much, uh, skips, uh, displeasure. I think
1: Dismay, maybe is a better word.
0: May, yeah. I'm not the whatever, but I forgot where I was going with that. How did I tell you? I think I pissed Tyler off. Nerd Tyler. I haven't heard from Tyler in months. Previously, Texas, Tyler. Now he's texted Tyler too. I haven't heard from him forever. We'll have to get him on. We'll have to like wrap your grievances or something. Uh, Skip, I have three questions because Tyler told me to prepare. Um, and then we have some listener questions as well.
1: Okay. Sounds good.
0: Uh, my first question: Hamastron region, which is in Honduras. Uh, geographically, it's closer to Jalapa than Jalapa is to SLE. Uh, I want to say almost like three times closer. Is the tobacco more similar? Uh, So Hamastron to Jalapa versus Jalapa to SLE.
1: Um, You know, I'm not an expert on the agriculture, uh, but I can tell you generally Valley tobacco, um, the soil is, usually black soil and it's because of the erosion from the minerals of the mountains that sur- that surround it um erode down into the valley so the the valley becomes fertile from you know all these minerals and and things that come you know erode from the from the high sides of the valley down to the middle um you know dead dead animal bodies poop um Sulfur, magnesium, phosphorus, you know, uh, silica things from the, from the rocks. Um, jalapa is, is a different kind of soil. It's, um, it's red, you know, red in color. It's not a black soil and it's, um, because of the iron that's in the soil. My understanding, again, I'm not an expert. Um, you'd have to talk to a tobacco grower, but the iron in the soil Uh, rust or corrodes and that's what creates the red uh, coloring in the soil so it's kind of a more metal heavy soil uh, more clay loam based soil and um, of course in these farms they will augment the soil with different different uh, things Uh, you know phosphorus and and you know again all the all the uh, things that you you need to put into the soil for the minerals uh, for the plants to grow healthily. But um, so if I had to guess, I would say Estelí soil is more like Honduras humusron soil um, than
0: than Jalapa is to either one. Cool. Todd, you come okay. with any uh, <laughs> good questions? That was my best one. I started with. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm I'm impressed, man. Thanks.
1: You're impressed with the question?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm hey, I'm more impressed with the answer. I um, just want to say it's real quick. Yeah. Um I consider skip one of my uh one of my best friends. I know he doesn't it's not reciprocal, but uh and also like a <laughs> mentor, but it's weird. It's like I know I know skip pretty well. I'm more nervous to do a podcast with skip. Someone I hang out with a lot than I am with anyone else. I don't know why. That's probably why I wanted to postpone it. I'm
0: like, you gotta bring your A game and I don't know if I have it today.
1: You gotta stage fright.
0: Yeah. Tyler, I get nervous every week I'm doing a podcast because you're such a big deal. Don't don't do that's, that. That's that's not true. Um, my next question was uh the drafting process. Oh, so Tyler, we might probably uh get sidetracked here. Tyler's coming out with a V So horny <laughs> Potentially Visa horny selection or something. <laughs> anyway, he showed me, me what you drafted me smoky up. Long, me, me, smoky long time. <laughs> he showed me what you drafted up and I didn't get the reference. Um, so that's what I said, yo, like, how many drafts are you going to do? And so I was drafting my own version. And then Tyler explained, uh, but my version was a little bit more phallic. And I done not The, identi- ran, the uh-huh. rhinoceros? no 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 it was uh i'd have to see if i have a picture of it on my phone um but i do it on the back of one of my lesson plans because we were teaching (laughs) online we go back and kids are coming to the classroom and i pull out the lesson plans and i'm glad i caught that in time (laughs) it was dangerous
2: i did like how you incorporated the uh the s kind of like that the cool s yeah the cool s you know what that is skip it's like the six,
0: can you explain that, the S, how you did it? Cool S is what everyone in middle school and high school doodled. You start with the three parallel lines and then beneath it, three parallel lines. And then you do a series of other parallel lines until you have an S. I don't know how, oh, hold on. I've got a picture right here. Where you okay. okay. Yeah. All
2: right, I got, I got a random question. So back in the day, Facebook had a top eight, um, top 50, top 100. Skip, would I be in the top 100 or would I be number one? Am I of closer what? to number one? Is, Is your, Facebook if had, or MySpace? If, oh, wait, oh, yeah, MySpace. MySpace used to have – did you have a MySpace?
1: Yes. Well, I didn't have one. The Chief Ava had one, our cigar store Indian, had a MySpace. <laughs> so would I be closer to number one spot or
2: uh, 100? If you had to rank a hundred friends on your MySpace,
1: did you actually rank them, or did it do it based on your interactions? You would you would actually rank them. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, was not Tom like everybody's number one friend? Um, some people, but not me. Um, I don't know, Tyler. You're asking me to quantify my friendship. Which is kind of awkward. I mean, that's kind of a needy, a needy thing to do. All right, so we'll go with uh, out of the out of the top one hundred. No, I would say within a hundred. I mean, I don't spend time actual time with with very many people. So you're clearly you're within the you're in the circle of
0: trust, but I don't know. All right, next question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I was going back to the the whole drafting process uh with the Qua Genario Genario um Genario Kenqua Genario thanks mm-hmm. uh how long did you take to kind of draft the idea at least for the the image of the uh indian head headdress well that's a logo from
1: my cigar store so I, i've had that okay. for years for 15 years um and
0: did you have the color set in mind kind of Kind of, um,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. So I actually wanted a different color blue. Um, but, uh, turns out that it's very hard to replicate in wood. So, um, yeah, I, I wanted it to be blue. And then somebody like a month ago said, Oh, that's basically the same color as, uh, me And then now the whole fucking thing, I've just lost all interest in it. So,
0: what i found fascinating was uh so the mikurita, and then the the tricky went from a like a really dark blue and gold to a deep red and gold and then you have the tabernacle which is black gray and gold and then uh can i get ct it was almost the same transition of colors from one to two
1: yeah i mean so most of our colors are based on earth colors right like water sun you know grass ocean plants so you know um and then the the shade usually comes from like for example the neanderthal comes from the Pantone that the uh, ut uses the Wonderless blue comes from north carolina the uh red comes from the sooners um you know so the brown in the intemperance comes from um comes from kind of like clay earth tones halapa that the what we were talking about before reddish brown aquatine comes comes from um uh, uh, kind of the the mud dirt kind of that they would draw on the walls with that color that clay color that brownish red also darker brown so um green is a tough color for uh labels so we haven't done that one yet but the um our new one, the um, Mastranda, was kind of like a yellow, golden yellow color. So this one was supposed to be kind of like deep water, like ocean water. Yeah. Dark, you know. So um, I could have just gone with the Dallas Cowboy Blue, I guess,
0: but I... Uh, America's team.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh Tyler that that rhino one is that what you designed yourself no uh because you're eating a lot of users uh user submissions like hey make these into stickers and stuff yeah that was uh, uh brandon Payne from uh
2: michael's he came up with a couple cool ones one was like based on the supreme logo um and one looks like a cool album cover like if I have all these dumb ideas. Like one, you, you guys see that the Drake album, the new one where it's all the chicks pregnant. Like I want that, but my face on the, on the body, like a pregnant chick, but my face is on there. Certified cigar boy or something like that.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a
2: second release. That's a sophomore. Yeah, that, That's a sophomore. Um And then I had all those ideas about like, you know, there's uh like, a series like based on like airline thing. Like it would be like, you know, you got like Northwest airlines or Southwest airlines. It'd be like visa West airlines or something like that. I don't know. I have all these dumb ideas in my head. Oh, wait, while we're talking about your, your, your project skip for your uh, 50th, can you kind of talk about what that means for you? Um, I remember you telling me stories about you going down to Miami or, I forgot where his factory was, Tampa, Miami, wherever it was. But can you kind of talk about why why this project means so much to you to work with um, Ernesto perez Crio?
1: You you don't think I should save that story for a good podcast? Uh, You're on one, I mean, you're on a podcast. I I mean, like, you know, it's like blowing your load on, uh, you know, the JV squad, warm-up squad.
2: Well, this will be a this will be practice for you, so you can kind of nail. You know, you're working on your kill Tony bit. Now you can work on your uh, your fiftieth uh,
1: bit here. You know, no. So when I was younger, when I was kind of like a you know an annoying cigar geek like you, but I was appropriately aged. Like it, I was about twenty twenty years old instead of mid thirties like you. But um, when I would travel, and sometimes I I would be in Miami. And of course, that time, kind of the hot new boutique kind of thing, was was Ernie Carrillo. and um, Ernie's dad had actually started a factory called uh, El Rico Habano, which I never knew anything about. Uh, I never really heard about Ernie or his dad until uh, La Gloria Cubana became kind of more popular, and when he had a little factory that he would work in. Um, on it is like, it wasn't eighth and 11. Uh, it was like eighth and it was like a little bit closer to downtown. So it was maybe a couple of streets up like ninth. No, uh, I don't know, whatever. It was, a, it was a couple of streets up. It was real. It was right next to where it was a bl- about a half a block up from El, T- where El Titan de bronze is now and and where El Rey del Havano, uh, the, um, the papine factory was, the Rapine store factory. But anyway, he had a nice little storefront. You could see him making cigars on the inside. It was like a little cigar factory, and his mom worked there, and his sister, I think, worked there. And uh, I would stop in because you could actually see cigars being made. Um, there was a lot of stores that had like one cigar roller that would um, – you know bunch a bunch of cigars and then kind of like ceremoniously put the wrapper on but they were actually sorting tobacco and rolling cigars and, and doing the whole deal so you know back then you know when i first started smoking it was you know the cigar was dominican it was nicaragua when it was honduran it was based on where it was made you didn't really you didn't really even start talking about the idea of wrapper binder filler until aficionado broke those out And then you, okay, now I get it. Those can come from different countries. So the whole idea of blending was something new and different. You know, back then, kind of what was considered really good were puros. It was uh, cigars that all came from the same country, tobacco all from the same country, kind of along the lines of the Cuban cigar. So I would go in kind of like you, um, ask a bunch of questions, annoy him, you know. um, And uh, he would get kind of, you know, Annoyed with it, and like I got shit to do, buy something or or leave or whatever, you know. And then his, then I would come in the next day, and his mom would be like, "Hey, you know, be nice to this guy. You know, he, he's really excited. You know, don't be mean, don't be rude." So, um, you know, years later, I saw him at the trade show. What are you doing here? You know, I have a store. Oh, that's really cool. and You know, do you carry our cigars? You know, at that time, I think he was just leaving. General Cigar. It was after he'd been acquired, and then uh, a couple of years later, I saw him at the Nick Robbins Cigar Festival. He was down here selecting tobacco with Mike condor for before Crown Heads launched, and uh, I saw him here. You know, hey, what are you doing here? It's like hey, I have a factory now. What? What are you talking about? You know. And then we kind of stayed in, in touch, and then you know every year whether it was at the trade show or in Houston, you know, and I'd always stop by. We try to grab something to eat or a drink or whatever, catch up, you know, what's going on. And about three years ago, maybe, yeah, about three years ago now um, it was after Pete had done the, uh, the H upman or was it H, Henry, H. upman Henry, Henry Clay, Henry Clay project with Altadis. I thought it was a cool project. Cause it was like, Hey, here was a cigar that was important to me as a consumer. And I'm going to try to put my little spin on it. So General Cigar had come to me and asked me to do something similar with them. Um, I was simultaneously working on something to do with Jack Tarano, but I was also working with um, with some other people at General Cigar about doing this other project uh, with Justin Andrews and uh, a couple of other people. And I told him that the only project I'd really be interested in doing it with is um, El Rico Habano, And what I wanted to do was do the version uh, as close as I could with Nicaraguan tobacco, uh, which I knew it had a lot of ASP, uh, Esteli ASP. I wanted to do that cigar kind of the way Ernie would have done it instead of the, the fucked up way the general was doing it, you know, and, and completely killed the brand and uh you know of course that didn't go over very well um but you know i wanted to do a limited version of it that was as close to the original as possible that i would want to go work with ernie i would want to kind of recreate it uh or have ernie come here and work with me and uh and then release it and do a real kind of collaboration. collaboration like you know what tobaccos did you originally use why did you select those why did they work together you know do those tobaccos still exist in the same kind of quality, and then make a limited edition version of it that was as close to the original as possible, but but kind of our spin on it. And so I so I talked to him a couple of times, and then we sat down in uh, Germany at the uh, Intertek Show because some of these projects take two, three, four years to develop, right, from the idea all the way to actually doing it. And when I was talking to him, you know, we got into the discussion around um he had actually stopped he was he at that point was still making it um i believe he was still making it for general cigar out of his factory La, La, alianza but something had changed and he had, he had shifted a lot of his kind of allocation of of sly asps over to the inch project and he kind of stopped making it because they weren't really promoting it and it was kind of just like a, a Uh, uh, an internet brand. And, and, and so, you know, at that, at that point I was like, well, you know, I don't want to really do it if I don't have your blessings. He goes, look, you know, if there's anybody else, you know, I I wouldn't even be sitting here, but you know, I'd love to see what you could do with it. But, you know, honestly um, it would be tough to do. And I'm not really interested in, you know, participating, blah, blah, blah. So um, I said, you know what, I'm not going to do it. Then we ended up not doing the Tarano Cameroon either. We ended up doing Baca instead and then um you know when I first started going to Nicaragua I didn't really know much about tobacco or making cigars I knew a lot about smoking cigars and uh, there's a big difference between the two and you know I learned a lot about tobacco in Nicaragua especially the tobaccos we use you know that kind of developed 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 into making cigars over years and then also ultimately into making the Neanderthal blend which was kind of my you know I say is my Thesis, my master's thesis, or whatever uh, that blend uh, kind of of my knowledge of the tobaccos that I had accessible to me um, then you know I've worked on a couple of projects since then, Wonderlust, you know I did baca um, I did with Esteban, and the uh you know there weren't any other real tobaccos that I really wanted to use. Ernie is really big with Sumatra and um I originally said hey I, w- I would like to maybe do something if, if i could get really heavy dark sumatra like what they have on the uh Ashton vsg uh but i really didn't like the light ecuador sumatra i really wanted like heavy sumatra whether it was either ecuador or kind of like a real sumatra and you know it turns out kind of sun-grown sumatra is kind of not a real thing and it's really something different than what what they say it is so um just the general sumatra wasn't super appealing to me so um but i what was appealing to me was going to the dominican and spending more time with you know kind of the guys from El Artista, the guys from um you know all the different growers lancaster leaf and uh, people like Leo Reyes, who we buy a lot of tobacco from, you know, mostly when Esteban goes to the Dominican, he would go with Raul, and uh, we've been using one of Leo's Dominican uh, tobaccos from the very beginning, but uh, La Panela, Pen- La Hero. Uh, but, um, you know, I had never spent a lot of time with Leo Reyes, so um, I said, you know, I have this opportunity, my 50th birthday, we've never made a cigar with anyone else. Uh, So I wanted to go make a cigar with Ernie the same way I came and made cigars with Esteban, you know, 10 years ago. And learn new tobaccos, kind of the same way when you come down, do my own little tobacco school. But now I know more about tobacco, right? So I know a lot more about... Textures and fermentation and and seed varietals and things like that and really more than it just became more about understanding, you know, the the variances from region to region. So. So anyway, you know, this project was kind of built as a way to take advantage of this opportunity to learn from Ernie while he's you know while he's still around, and uh, it turned out to be very. Uh, turned out to be very. Uh, you know, it's going really well. I mean, I talk to him every couple of days on, online or on the phone. Um, you know, we, we talk about different marketing ideas, not related to this project, but just we just kind of develop this kind of co this relationship where, you know, I'll see an article, I'll send it to him, we'll talk about it in the context of the business, or he'll say, hey, you know, I saw this tobacco over here, you know, so it's just really interesting to kind of have this uh, kind of closer working relationship with him and you know we may do this project we may do we may split this fifty thousand into a couple of different ones based on kind of the, the limitations of the tobacco we're finding uh we, you know we may do a, a project that he releases under ep Carrillo. um you know i don't know there's all kinds of things possible but um you know it's probably the most fulfilling thing i've done in the last six or seven years so it's it was it's been really fun so far mike and i are actually going to miami mike and i are actually going to miami um tomorrow and we're meeting with Ernie there, and then uh, Mike and I are going on to the factory to work with the team there. Um, all the tobaccos we we selected, they've started rolling samples a couple of weeks ago, and uh, so we're just going to start narrowing down the blend. And um, you know, wanted Mike to come to kind of you know give me his perspective as well. And uh, Ernie's actually not going to be there this time, so that's why we're going to Miami first. Um, talk about other things, but. Uh, yeah. You know, it'll come out when it comes out, when it comes out, it'll be good. You know, it'll be a fair, it'll be a fair price. And uh, you know, when it's gone, it's gone. Cause the kind of tobaccos we're buying really specifically, you know, we only found eight or 10 bales of this filler. We only found, you know, so far we haven't even, we've only found three of the kind of wrapper we want to use. So um, you know, it, it's limited by the nature of the tobacco that we're selecting. It's not that it's super special or, you know, whatever, it's just unique, and it's uh, and it's limited, and that's you know, um, for example, there's one tobacco uh, that Esteban told me to ask about. Uh, I asked Ernie about it. He said, "Yeah, that's my favorite all-time favorite filler." I said, "Yeah, let's get that." He's like, "Well, I have a lot of it left—not a lot, but some—and the problem is the this region." where they grew this tobacco, these farms where they grew this particular tobacco, uh, the government bought it and built a highway. So that that region doesn't even exist anymore as a tobacco growing region. So, um, you know, I've got 30 packs left, you know, the kind of texture you're looking for, maybe we could pick out eight or 10 packs. This is the perfect kind of project for that, but um, it's not something you can make an ongoing blend out of anymore because it just doesn't exist. So that kind of thing, um, you know, something a couple of guys mentioned to me, I wanted to go learn about it. I smoked it. I loved it. Yeah. Let's make this one of the core bases of the, of the blend, build it around this, um, build around this other, uh, this other tobacco, these other two tobaccos that, uh, Leo Ray has ha- has, um, so it's kind of like, we're kind of building it specifically to be kind of like a custom, you know, a custom car project, <laughs> but, um, the the, the the it's not so much about making the perfect best cigar it's about learning about tobaccos that I don't know about and the, the 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 end product being the kind of kind of like the excuse to go through this learning process at 50 years old, you know 15 years into the business 30 years smoking so. It'll sell either way it'll be gone but um the process itself is really kind of like uh you know like a like a doctorate uh post-doctorate uh thing if that makes sense
2: no yeah that's that's awesome and it's um i don't know it, it's uh i'm excited for it but uh like the the stuff you you brought back from when you got back here in december was is has been really good so i'm really excited to um to try this when it comes out
0: now you currently have one size plan correct one skew yeah
1: for the king guagenario it's going to yes. be one it's going to be a five by fifty hopefully fifty thousand cigars or as many as we can make we may end up doing twenty five thousand in a dark leaf and twenty five thousand in a lighter leaf just because there's a lighter leaf that i like that it's a more s- smooth nuanced cigar and then there's this heavy leaf that i really like so we may put this different leaves on the uh, kind of the same tobaccos, like different uh, uh, different uh, ratios. Uh, so we may end up doing 25 and 25 instead of, you know, straight 50. You know, we may end up doing a third project. So it really depends. You know, it, it's kind of like, the to, here's the tobacco, let's find the tobacco. And then, you know, instead of saying, this is the project, and then we build backwards from there, we're saying, like, here's the tobacco, and then we're building out from there. So whatever it turns out being, uh, that's what we're going to do.
0: Well, uh, my final question was I, I like when companies come out with one size of things or if they have multiple SKUs, you know, Robusto Toro Cor- Corona. I always ask if I had the chance, what was it blended in? Is it just um a business decision then to have one blend uh altered into different sizes? Does that sell more? Well,
1: um, So there's two two schools of thought on sizes and blends. So one school of thought is like kind of the way Davidoff does it, right? Where Davidoff will come up with a blend and a a flavor profile, for example, for kind of Davidoff Millennium, right? Or Davidoff Nicaragua or whatever. And then what they do is they, they make every cigar differently, sometimes even completely different tobaccos. In order to make the cigar taste the same, regardless of what size it's in. So the idea is that this is what we want the cigar to taste like. If you like Robustos, you'll be getting this taste in that size. If you like Toros, you'll be getting this taste in and Toro. And, and like I said, sometimes it has four tobaccos instead of three. Sometimes it has three different tobaccos than the other one that has three tobaccos. Sometimes it's in different ratios. But they do a really good job of, of no matter which size you pick up, it tastes the same. Right. Um, We do things differently. You know, we blend cigars, like, for example, we blended the Cro Magnon in five by 56. It's four different filler components in equal portions and a really heavy heavy wrapper and 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 a thin binder, kind of an inert binder. And then when we make a Lancero, when we make a femur, when we make a slobber knocker when we make a panatella when we whatever it's always four tobaccos in equal proportions with a heavy wrapper and, 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 and you know in a thin binder so um what happens in our world is they all taste completely different so like the half will recently the other day put our ba and temperance four and a half by 60 the mandible size um it's called the war they put that on the, um, the end of the year top 25 and they mentioned how much different it tastes than say the four by 46 but that cigar is exactly the same proportions of the three lajeros in the viso as the four by 46 uses right um of course in the in the four and a half by 60 you're using two of these two of these two of these two of these and the four, four by 46, maybe you're using, you know, one small, one small, one small, one small, but they're all still in the same proportions, same texture, same tobacco, right? But the four by 46 intrigue tastes a lot different than the BA because on the four by 46, the, the wrapper, the Indonesian wrapper has a lot more influence on the, on the flavor than it does in the four and a half by 60. So in ours, it's the same blend and you get to see how it changes over different sizes, because we don't, we don't change the blend in order to make, try to make it taste the same. Um, in cro for example, um, only the mandible uh, is a little bit of a different proportion because we add more Lajero, because it, when you get that big, it gets a little bit boring if you don't. But the BA example, for example, has three different Lajeros, so you don't have to worry about it getting boring uh, or, or not having enough strength. Uh, and the Neanderthal, same thing. The Neanderthal, um, you know, it has seven different tobaccos. So, when, you, when you're when you trying to fit all that in there with that double lejero into in a lancero, you have to get really creative and use, you know, different methods like tobacchiato and other things. So, why do you think you guys, uh,
2: why your, like, your bigger ring gauges, I think, are the, the best on the market? is what is it do you think it is because like i'm not a 60 ring smoker and i've gone through boxes of the war what what do you why do you think that is
1: it's all personal taste i mean we use the same quality tobacco no matter what size cigar we're making so it's all you know comes down to taste a project like king guagenario is cool because you're going for a very specific size same with craft right when we're making craft we're going for only one size so we're blending specifically to that size. And so we don't have to stick to any specific ratios or anything like we do with the other cigars. So what's cool about this cigar is it's, it's we know how big how big it's gonna be. So, um, you know, we, we also blend from the outside, from the inside out. So we'll blend it from the fillers. So, hey, take this this filler and this filler, let's make a cigar that's all one filler. Then let's make a cigar that's both of these fillers together. Then let's make a cigar that's both of these other fillers together. Then let's make a cigar that has all three together. What is it missing? Okay, let's add the fourth filler. Now it tastes good. Now what wrapper tastes good on top of that? Instead of saying, hey, we're going to make a uh, a San Andreas cigar. What do we put inside of it, you know, so that it's not boring? Because, <laughs> you know, the San Andreas is going to be a lot of flavor anyway. That's why I think a lot of... Um, Good wrapper is hard to find, but when you, when you make a cigar, you have to put a, one, either a really good wrapper on it or not a good wrapper on it and everything else doesn't matter. You put a bad wrapper on shitty filler. It's not going to be good. You put a really good wrapper on boring filler. It's going to taste pretty good, but when you put a really good wrapper on really good filler, that's what the difference between kind of a good cigar and a great cigar. You know, a lot of cigars, I'll go back to the cabinet. There and I'll pick up cigars a lot of them are super boring. The, the, they taste pleasant or they taste good, but then underneath there's no substance, right? It's like one of them old Western towns where you see all the front of the buildings, but then when you open the door, you're, you're just looking at the other side of a, a facade, right? There's no depth to it. Like a and, North Korean cigar. North Korea. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's just my personal opinion, right? Some people think our cigars are too much. I mean, it's like it's like eating a... You know, a heavy, heavy meal, you know, one plate after another and, and it's just too much some people just don't want that. I mean i've been smoking a lot of cigars this this week that I really enjoyed where I feel like a lot of attention was paid to the filler like like some of the stuff that Dion works on or some of the stuff that. Uh, um, you know other things i've been smoking so you know when the filler is really interesting and then it has a good wrapper on it, whether it's pretty or not, I don't care. Um, it's usually very good, especially if it's in balance. And, and, they, and, you know, it has all those different hits, all those different, you know uh, you know, base mediums, uh, high flavor notes. And then it has kind of like, you know, the good aroma and good balance, you know, for me um, you can figure that out. In the first few puffs, the idea that a cigar changes from one third to the other consistently from one cigar to the next, is kind of, it's kind of like a, a fantasy bullshit thing because let's say you take four leaves and even proportions, right. And, and oversimplifying, let's say one is spicy, one is sweet, one is sour, one is um, salty. Right. And you take those four layers just as an example, or you could use colors, you know, you could say one is blue, blue, yellow, red, Red, green, blue. Yeah, the three basic ones. Let's say you have three layers red, green, blue, right? Well, um, what it kind of tastes like together is it tastes like green and orange, right? Or it tastes like um, purple and, <laughs> you know, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So, but the thing is, is when you do the break and you decide what to put back in and where you put it in at the front of the cigar, the middle of the cigar, the back of the cigar, some of that is defined by, you know where where you need to fill and some of it's defined by where how you want the cigar to transition. But most factories don't pay really close attention to how they put the break back in. They just break and put it back where it needs to go because they're focused on the construction aspect, not necessarily on the flavor. So you may pick up one where the where the buncher needed to put the strong tobacco, you know, they had strong tobacco in their hand and they had to fill it at the front. Sometimes they had about a bunch of like boring tobacco in their hand and they needed to fill the the under you know the top so what'll happen is it, in the first example it'll start off really powerful and then it'll get boring right and then the other one will will kind of be consistent all the way through and then it'll get boring so it has nothing to do with some intention of the the blender it just happens to be kind of your subjective perception of that particular instance because no cigar is exactly the same from one to the other no matter how hard you try and most factories don't try to do this but no matter how hard you try to, um, break, you know, you know, move the break consistently with the bunch being part of the blend. So, um, but in a lot of factories, um, they already got the money in the wrapper and that's what you see. And then they have all of this filler they have to consume. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, when you eat a piece of cake, it's like, it looks pretty from the outside. The icing's nice. Got all this artistic stuff. But then when you cut into it, it's like a bland sheet cake, you know, stacked on top of each other. And then sometimes when you cut into the cake, it's like they've put more as much focus on the quality and the and the textures and everything on the inside of the cake as they did on the outside of the cake, right? And that's the difference between kind of like a good cake and kind of like, you know, a Chuck E. Cheese sheet cake that looks good with, you know, all the stuff on it. So. Um, a lot of cigars that are put out these days, particularly cigars that are made by people who grow their own tobacco, are kind of like, um, you know, they're well blended. They're they're not bad. They're well fermented tobacco, but you know they use they have to use that Seco and Viso somewhere. Nobody buys that, right? So you know when you grow thirty thousand cantales of tobacco, you've got twenty thousand cantales of, of Viso and Seco that's just you know average it's thin you can only you can only ferment it for so long it burns really well if you ferment it slowly but it, it doesn't have a lot of flavor it doesn't maybe it has a pleasant aroma just because the seed and the quality of the fertile you know the the process in the field and in the curing is good so it smells good and it and in it, and it uh in it burns well but it's not gonna have a lot of flavor right and you know sometimes you hear these reviewers going on and on and on about how smooth the cigar is and really what they're saying is how boring it is you know, I mean, to me, this is my personal opinion. Right. So when you, when you smoke a cigar where, you know, damn, like every layer of that cigar is interesting, high texture tobacco. Um, the guy from, um, black Starline, uh, he sent me some samples of a new cigar that they have. And, um, it didn't really smoke really great. Um, it was a little over humid and it was, uh, building up tar. In, in the filler and um, mainly it was doing that because it would, they used really, really good, interesting tobacco. So when you take it apart, it's super high quality, it's high texture, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's bunched very well. They had like a little, what some people call medio t- tiempo but had like a little um, Corona leaf in there uh, that was very high texture, but you could see where you could touch and feel in the center of the bunch, how humid it was. Like it hadn't been aged long enough or or it just hadn't settled in once it came to me in the mail or whatever the situation was, you know, and my feedback was, look, you know, these guys that are doing this, A, know how to make a high quality construction cigar, B, the tobacco is really interesting and heavy and it's going to be, it's going to be notable even if someone doesn't necessarily like the taste of it. It had kind of an anise, like a, a raisiny kind of flavor to it a licorice kind of flavor to it. That was very unique And Either you like that or you hate it. Right. Um, so, you know, what my advice to him was, look, I'm going to stick these in the cabinet, let them kind of normalize for another three to six months. And then I guarantee you, you know, in, in, in that time, because the tobacco is well-fermented, it'll be properly humidified all the way through the middle and it'll burn really well because it's well-made and it'll be far more interesting than, you know, this other one that you sent which I actually like more right now, because but but it's kind of boring, you know, it's typical. I think uh, Aganorsa made it for them. And so, um, you know, that was my feedback to him. And, you know, it's a lot easier to go, you know, path B, but path A is where you really stand out. And path A is where we try to make cigars. So, you know, not everyone's gonna love it. It's like making a really uh, heavy adjunct stout Uh, That it has very strong, you know, no question, they're trying to do something there. It's not just dump a bunch of flavors in it, but it's very, very pronounced and strong, and it it has its own identity. and 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 that could either make you really, really love it, or or not like it at all. But then you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know simple light IPAs and Pilsners. They're a dime a dozen. That they're not really distinctive from one to the other. If it's cold enough. The beer and it's hot enough outside, you know, they're always going to be enjoyable, but it's not something to me that's going to be, you know, something that I really find super interesting. So, you know, different strokes, you know, different strokes for different folks.
2: Uh, I think one thing, too, that didn't help that cigar was I think it was one of those uh packs that get super fucking wet. Yeah. I think that's what it was. It, 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 yeah. It had a, like a pillow in it. Yeah. Like the back is almost like all like a pillow, like the back yeah. of the, cause I know like one brand came out with, uh, um, recently came out with, uh, samplers and, uh, I talked to a guy, there are new sizes of existing blends. And I asked him, you know, uh, how they're smoking. He said,
0: they're way over humidified. I got to put them away. So, mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, shout out to our sponsor, Cigar Noise. Uh, Dave West does all the blog posts for small batch cigar. <laughs> um, check out the blind reviews. Those are always interesting. And <clears throat> Those are always interesting. Um, but also, uh, ICS, International Cigar Society, has a... It's not a five-pack. I think it's a seven-pack on small batch right now with their uh, top cigars of the year check that out oh they did one that's cool yeah and
2: then wasn't romacraft the featured brand of the week for international yeah i think
0: that was uh two weeks ago two weeks ago Mm -hmm. cool stuff
1: i mean there's certainly a there's certainly a place in the in the in the in the world obviously for sessionable cigars right like i'm about to smoke one right now i think uh tyler gave me this um buena ventura trail mix which uh half will rated pretty high so i'm sure it's you know it's a, it's a very approachable you know flavorful kind of you know medium cigar and there's a place for that um but the problem is when those cigars are 12 15 16 dollars it's like what am, what am i paying for right i mean i know that cigar cost depending on who, who grew the tobacco and who's making the cigar it costs somewhere between you know, eighty cents and a dollar, thirty dollar, forty to make, and you're selling it to me for eighteen dollars or sixteen dollars. It's like, go find some other sucker. It
2: skip's kind of like the uh, ma- magician who goes on the show and tells you how the trick was made, or all the other magicians are like, shut the fuck up, man. You're ruining the, the saw the girl in half. We're not really sawing her in half.
1: Well, so so here's the way I look at it: is no one in the world believes you really saw her in half. Cause that would be, you know, murder and, you know, <laughs> textbook and, murder, <laughs> right. And because I understand basic physics premeditated, uh, I know you can't put a human being back together again that you've saw it in half. So um, at least not, you know, a, a very complicated surgical procedure. So for me, it's like, let's start but with the, the, the idea that I don't believe in, in magic, right? I don't believe in magic as a thing. I know what I'm looking at is press the digitation or, you know, slide a hand or, or kind of a technical skill that creates this illusion of magic. And I'm more interested in the quantifiable kind of measurable skill of doing that than I am in trying to believe that it's magic. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Penn and Teller is like, they'll show you how do they do the trick and that's what's, that's what makes it fun because, you know, it's no one, no adult really believes um, if you're doing kids shows, it's one thing, like, you know, Hey, I made my thumb disappear or whatever. But if you're doing a, a show in Las Vegas for adults who, who, you know, they know there's no such thing as magic. It's, it's far more entertaining and fulfilling to kind of see the skill in creating the trick as opposed to the, you know, the, the result of the trick. So, I mean, everybody's like super, I mean, a lot of people, like I heard, I heard Sock on Garofalo show talking about how much to start a company and all that, but, um, and he was pretty, you know, I don't know if his numbers were honest. I assume they were. And none of them seemed kind of completely wacky. Some of them seemed like you're not going to buy a fucking, we've been in business for 10 years. We still don't have a forklift. So, you know, you can feel free to take that one out of your budget. Uh, but, um, uh, And, and, you know, some of the stuff where he said, you know, the factory is going to charge you $2.50 for 25,000 cigars. And those are only kind of halfway good cigar. If you're paying $2.50, you better be getting a really, really, really good cigar. Because uh, that cigar costs the factory half of that to make, right? So um, maybe you have to pay that because you're a pain in the ass. Maybe you have to pay that because, um, you know, the factory wants to make money and, and then, you know, you know, I don't know, but you know, like I'm making my own cigars. I'm not going to pay myself $2.50 for a, for a cigar. And, and and so I don't have to sell it for 15, 16, $18, but doesn't mean it's lesser of a cigar, right? It's just, I have, a, I don't have to pay a third party for a cigar. I do it myself. Um, And th- the point being that I have no problem telling people if, if, if you're buying a cigar f- for. Fifteen dollars from Dave Garofalo, or fifteen dollars from Abe, or fifteen dollars from, um, you know, whoever. They paid somewhere between five and seven dollars and fifty cents for that cigar. So there's a thing called Keystone. If you're buying it for X, they usually paid half of that wholesale, right? And I have no, and this is exclusive of all state taxes and everything. I have no problem with a retailer making a hundred percent margin uh, especially if it's a really good retailer that invests that margin back into having a nice store technology, security, you know, good customer service, knowledgeable salespeople that they pay a really good wage, you know, instead of paying them 10 or 12 bucks, maybe they're paying 25, you know, 35, $40,000 a year. Um, I have no problem with the hundred percent margin idea. I think what, what, you know, when stores are run really shittily and I know that, I know they're making a hundred percent margin. I'm like, you, you probably ought to just shut the door because you're, you know, you're not doing really good. But then when stores do really, really well, I think, man, you know, they're investing that, that, that margin pretty well. Um, so, so, you know, if, if, for example, if I'm selling a cigar to a retailer at 10, they probably paid us five for it. Um, sometimes they'll sell it for 10, but they really paid the, the wholesaler, you know, four for it. So they're making even a little bit more than 100%. Sometimes you know they, they paid six and they're selling it for ten because they need to be more competitive in that market with that product, like say in Oliva or something, because um, that product's being discounted you know somewhere else and they're competing against that. I don't know, but generally, a ten-dollar cigar costs them five, um, which means I sold it to them for five, which means um, depending on the size it either cost me somewhere between 85 cents and a dollar 25 cents dollar 30 cents to make um and then and then um you know i had to have to give the factory some some overhead 30 to 50 40 you know 60 percent and then i have to give uh a lot to excise taxes and um i think saka's number was like 80 cents per cigar but really you know when you're talking about 40.26 cents for excise about eight or nine cents for, for air freight, about, uh, five cents for, uh, FTA user fee and about two and a half cents to broker, you know, really, you know, it's a little bit less than what Saka said, but it's somewhere between 59 and 65 cents, um, all in. So if you, if you, if you make it for a dollar, a dollar, you sell it for a dollar 50, you add 30 cents for a box and labels, and then you add another 60 cents for excise tax and all that. You know maybe it costs me 253, $350, 350 to sell it for five, right? So I'm making you know a lot less than 100 percent margin. The store's making 100 percent margin. Factory's making about 40 percent, 30, 30, 50 percent margin. So um, you know it adds up. W- w- the point being the filler is you know 40, 50 cents of that. The wrapper is 40, 50 cents of that. The labor is you know 25 to 50 cents of that. Depending on how well you, you pay your people, or depending on if you're making them in the Dominican or in Nicaragua or Honduras, right? So um going all the way through all that to say, um, when you're talking about filler, um, there's not as much of a difference between the cost of seco and viso as Lajero these days. You know, seco and viso is about seven, seven fifty a pound, and, and really good Lajero is between 950 and 1050 a pound, but you so is it's 30% more. But you know you're talking about when you got 40, 40 cents of filler in a filler in a cigar if you got two Lajaros, it's half the filler and it's 30% more you're only talking about 15% more so you're talking about 45 cents versus 35 cents but. Um, the problem isn't the cost of the filler and they're not cutting corners to save money they're cutting corners because they're creating blends that, that they can make millions of cigars with because you simply don't have enough. Uh, really good heavy high texture Lajero to make a a 5 million 10 million cigar a year blend uh, that uses two really heavy texture Lajeros you just don't most cigars that sell you know most cigars that sell you know 5 10 15 million cigars a year use some b-grade tobacco but if they're using a grade tobacco it's um a lot of it is viso and seco because that's what's available and uh you know it doesn't mean it's bad, doesn't mean it's you know it is what it is, but it's not, it's more like a pilsner than it is like a stout, right? It's more like an amber than it is like a a porter. And so if you like heavy, flavorful tobacco, um, you just can't make 10 million of those. It's just not possible for everybody to do that. Uh so um, you know, when I smoke them, you know, I look at it that way. I'm not saying the pilsner is cheaper I'm not saying the pilsner is less less appealing objectively it just for me personally i just like heavier darker beer right i like more interesting beer and it's the same with tobacco for me
0: i just uh picked up a membership a yearly membership for the brewery uh they're located in socal uh,
1: b-r-u-e-r-y of,
0: yeah they do a lot of stouts and sours which i'm a fan of so excited i thought, to see they, were, with that. I thought they were out of maryland they have a, a shop in DC as well, I believe. Yeah, DC, Maryland. Yeah, maybe that's where they started. Could have been. What do you What do you smoke it down? Um, the peace, EC Intemperance Peace, which I like better than the War. But that's okay. Half Wheel and Tyler disagree.
1: But it's not boring, you know. Either way, it's taste, no. right?
0: But I mean, that has two La in it. Nice. Do you smoke any of the War Bear yet? i i smoked one um a few days after i got it and it's right when i so my taste buds are back now but my voice died they kind of crisscrossed um it was just when i was starting to lose my palate it's not i got my covid test on friday it was negative so it's just i think a cold um we got some listener questions i want to pound through them real quick sure uh Romatron says hello to you, Skip. <laughs> the, the man. Uh, Yogi, 1966, says, is it true that Tyler will be playing Skip in his life story made for TV movie? Oh my God. Guy's Tyler, not-
1: look, Tyler looks nothing like me, number one. Number two, um, Tyler Tyler's on a, his own path. He's, he's on a very different path than me. And being able emul- to emulate me is
0: is is uh maybe not an achievable goal for Tyler, but he's well so he's, he's he's on his own path. I heard Tyler's been uh in the gym to try to be look more like John in like a year so that'll be the the comp um, <laughs> first of all, this
2: whole thing that makes skip look alike a just because we're both uh heavy set individuals who wear glasses and doesn't, I, I hate that. I hate that, I hate it, I hate it.
1: I mean, Does John he, John is more like the mountain and, and Mike resolves is kind of more like John Snow uh, to, uh, to Tyler's Hodor. So it's like a little bit of a different, <laughs> it's not exactly the same, uh, you know, the, the right kind of analogy, you know? Oh, that's a great analogy. Hey, I'm glad you, well, at least you didn't say uh, uh,
0: Samuel Tarly. <clears throat> he was a bitch. That's our analogy segment of the week. Uh, Nate of Foundation says he has no uh, no topic ideas at the this moment in time. Thanks, Nate. Uh, great listener to the show. Uh, he, he's never listened to the show. You don't Nate, either. So
1: Nate Nate from Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Nate Williams. Oh, and he has nothing, nothing to add, no questions.
2: He doesn't no have any question. questions at this moment in time. I oh. think he wants to bring up the fact that he gifted you a book the first time he met you. I remember the book. It's called uh, Capital. I read it twice. It's a very good book. Yeah, Nate recommended a book to me called Power or something like that. I haven't read it I think
1: yet. he gave it to me at uh, Doc James Cigar and uh, we had an event up there with Adam and he gave it to me. I remember these things.
0: No, you got a really good memory. Um, I haven't hung out with Nate since uh, two Roma trade shows ago. So, Tyler, that's when we met. I think that one. That was like four years ago, five yeah. years ago. Uh, I'll just want to say this. Um,
2: Skip, man, PCA was not the same without the Roma Craft Party. Yeah, but
1: Weasel Fest was pretty off the hook. So.
2: No, yeah, that was. But I'm just saying, man,
0: you set the vibe for Vegas. Um. So. Yeah. So that's uh that was Mitchy Maduro's question. Weasel Fest two, uh, and if so, he asked if Tyler, you, and I would be there.
1: Uh, we probably will do something this year. Um, you know, kind of waiting on this COVID stuff to settle down because I don't want to go through the the whole bullshit we went through last time. Um, and it's less about the restrictions here as it is about restrictions of people, you know, coming from all over the place getting here. So um, we'll definitely do something. It'll be it'll be a lot smaller, uh, a lot more. You know, this is my fiftieth uh, birthday this year, so. We probably will rent a place like a small place where we can smoke but where the when the weather's nice, have one or two kind of reasonable bands, probably you know third route again, maybe someone else. Um, I'd love to get Raheem. Uh six nine no, I'll think of it in a minute. Um, so it'd be nice to have like an, an old school guy like that uh but um you know it's it's super expensive i mean weasel fest cost us something like all in between 2020 and 2021 because we ended up sending the weasel packs out again and and da, da, da uh ended up paying the consulting you know the event company for both years so and and the kind of report the re ticketing was a huge pain in the ass on the portal you know to get 185 200 people here so um i mean it, it cost us about four hundred thousand dollars so it was you know I think we raised in ticket sales something like $60,000 and the event cost us 400000 right? So it's kind of like Woodstock. Uh, you know, we had the money to blow, but, um, and it was our 10 year anniversary. So, you know, we had a good time with it, but,
0: you know, we probably won't do it like that same way every year. Um, Sad Boy Tyler said, will Skip actually join us? Tyler, I don't even know if that was for me to see, or why you would comment on our own Instagram post? Um, join, join you where on, on, the, on the podcast. On the pod. uh, I was
2: just preparing. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, these are pre submitted They're not actually listening to the podcast. No, no, these are pre-submitted. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Richie, cigar V cut everything. Uh, asked anyone or anything that you've been impressed with in the cigar industry lately. So you mentioned yeah, Dion earlier. You've been trying out some of his buns. and I know you posted on Instagram and uh, Facebook the Grand Class Rex. That's currently my uh, my pick at the shop for my favorite cigar. Yeah, man. I've been. We had a pack of
1: those, and when they first came in, they were okay, you know. But um, you know, I came back this trip. I don't know how long it's been since I since we bought them, but man, they're smoking really good. Kind of like the end of the night, you know, easygoing, you know, working. It's my shift so, ender. Yeah. I, th- I think you bought it during
2: Weasel Fest when we were at Smokers Abbey. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Where are these questions on Instagram? I don't see. Oh,
2: any. no, they were sent to
0: us. Yeah, we did a, a post on the uh, story. Our DM, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. I don't see. Yeah.
0: Or any other uh companies you want to give a to shout out your, to? To your, your
1: 823 stuff? followers. Oh, man. Oh, Eight. Big numbers.
2: But look at the numbers the, game. Look at the follow the people we follow. We're not like some of these people who have 10,000 followers. Ratio. <laughs> the ra- it's all about the ratio, Skip. Okay. If you have 10,000 followers, how many guys, here and how you many girls are here. Yeah, how many? Yeah. The if ratio. You got 10,000 followers, but you're following 7,500. That's like a pay for play kind of thing.
1: So like Aromacraft is twenty six point three thousand followers, 2,000 following?
2: That's a very good ratio.
1: Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I always look at if someone has, you know, 10,000 followers, like for example, we have 26,000 followers, but if you look at our post, there's like eight, you know, 300 likes, 600 likes, 500 likes, 300 likes, uh, 400, 600. So really, you know, regardless of what you call it, there's you know, five five hundred to a thousand people that actually look at it on a regular basis, right? Yeah. No matter how, yep. no matter how many followers you have, like if you look at, you know, like someone like Joe Rogan, just as friend an of, example,
2: friend of the podcast, friend of the show,
1: yeah. What <laughs> Tyler fanboyed out on that deal too? <laughs> okay, that's a, time that's out. A, that's, a, that's a funny story. So, a, like Joe Joe Rogan has fourteen point one million. Followers, but like, what's his the ratio? Po- so, Tyler, what is uh, so let's call it 35,000. you know, let's call it uh, he gets 150,000 likes with with 15 million followers or 14 million followers. So, you know, he gets about, Tyler had, his,
0: Tyler had his calculator out and he just put it down. <laughs>
1: well it's like it's like 140,000 is 10% 10 is 1% of 14 million right yeah so so 1% of 25,000 is 250 right so in terms of engagement you know we're getting like double the engagement that Joe Rogan gets now that's just likes i mean maybe he he gets a lot of exposure and shares and whatever but you know i you know for me uh some, people, you know, all these people that get paid to, to help with, with social media, bullshit, whatever, like, you know, I, I want exactly the number of people who are really interested in our stuff. I'd rather have, you know, 9,000 people who are really interested in what we're doing or 4,000 people that are really interested in what we're doing than to have, you know, 200,000 followers that, that don't even actually really f- uh, look at the content, you know, so or, or aren't interested.
2: Well, I think one thing that you do really well is is the engagement part. Um, uh, like I see you answering messages all the time, uh, liking every comment, responding, you know, stuff like that. Um, not a lot of people are very interactive, you know. So I think that's something that you do running the Roma Craft Instagram and then your own Instagram. The, well, the and the, the reason.
1: Well, yeah, because the reason why that is is that's that's why I do it, right? Like we have a website. And it has like a landing page it has a place where you find retailers and it has um something else another page but we did that seven years ago and haven't touched it since i mean we update i was gonna say, the, what,
0: how do you uh find the website
1: romacraftevac.com okay yeah yeah and and it's really there so so if someone says hey we're, you know who in my area sells sells your cigars it's basically just for us to have like a like a billboard like a presence Right. I haven't changed it in years. I haven't. It tells our basic story. It tells us who we are. Um, But social media for me is really just the way we really interact with our customers. And, you know, I have a lot of friends on social media that aren't even cigar smokers, you know, like this guy that came in the other day. He's like, Oh, I love Roma cigars. I haven't smoked a cigar in six months. It's like, you know, I'm not getting rich on that guy buying one Roma every, you know, six months. Right. But but I like, you know, hanging out and talking to them because, you know, you know, that's kind of why we do this business so. Um, and then there's people who smoke our cigars, that really can't stand me or my politics or whatever and and I don't ever engage with those people and i'm grateful for those people too so. I mean I honestly you know I honestly I, I say this all the time I do this because I like to do this and it's big enough for us to, to make a good living for ourselves and for our families. I'm not getting rich doing it. I had money before, I will have money after. I've learned a lot, you know. Uh it's not a bad place to work. It's not a bad bad thing to do. I don't have to travel a lot. I don't have to spend time with people I don't like. I don't have to you know spend a lot of time talking to retailers trying to convince them to buy our cigars. So, for me, uh I I'm not out there trying to to market or, you know, be f- cigar famous what, or whatever that is. I just uh I just want to do what I like to do. And so, um, you know, I wouldn't be doing the social media stuff I do if I didn't really like enjoy it. I like seeing people, you know, get jobs or, um, you know, have new babies or, um, you know, meet girlfriends or, you know, get married and, you know, I mean, I've got guys, I could think of 20 of them off the top of my head where, I used to play Xbox with them. Then they became my friends. Then they maybe kind of smoke a cigar every, every every now and then they followed us through the last 10 years. You know, we followed them, you know, 10 years ago they were getting out of jail, you know, had a bullshit fucking job at, uh, you know, Best Buy, you know, yep. and now, now they're like an executive tech guy with a beautiful wife and, you know, thinking about kids and, you know, I love that. Then I mean, those are kind of, I mean, I've maybe I've only met this, these people maybe i've never met them this one guy i'm thinking of or or a friend of mine in la um you know maybe i never even met him but i've known him for 10 years you know what i'm saying and i engage with those people because they're friends of mine i don't engage with them because i'm trying to sell them something
2: it's it's genuine and it's yeah it's definitely genuine um and i wanted to say you're talking about like you don't have to go visit retailers and stuff but i think I mean, moving down to Esteli to start this. I mean, that definitely some people would, would, you know, definitely never do that. So that's kind of a as big a sacrifice as it is traveling all the time, uplifting and 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 moving down there. You know, and I know what's. I've been down there quite a bit,
1: and it's it's a different, totally different lifestyle. You know. Yeah, and I don't even you know after ten years in air eight years in Esteli I don't I don't really even live in Esteli anymore I live in San Juan now and you know nothing's really changed from you know I still talk to the factory every day I go up there every month I stay on top of my aspect of it Esteban does his part of it Wilmer really does the majority of it Wilmer, Ada, Anna, uh, Doris they, they really do the majority of it the majority of the work it's not Esteban it's not me you know, Estevan keeps it between the lines in terms of quality of tobacco. And, you know, when we have an opening, rarely he knows the people to put in those positions. And then me, I keep it between the lines in terms of uh, planning and, and, and finances and stuff like that. And, um, you know, um, I don't have to be there every day like I used to. And definitely my quality of life's changed, right? It's a lot it's a lot nicer in San Juan than, than Esteli, right? Um, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to go down there and check
2: it out. And I also wanted to say you were talking about how like you meet these people and maybe they're not even cigar smokers. Maybe they smoke one cigar a week, whatever. It's kind of like how I did it when I worked retail, you take that guy who smokes one cigar and you build them into, you know, how, how me and you are, how we smoke at least five a day, every single fucking day. It's like the same with me. Like even at the airport, I'm not even working retail right now. And I got like, there's like 15 dudes now who smoke cigars consistently, you know. And it's dumb. Like... Hey, did you see dumb?
1: Did you see how he put himself on my level there? <laughs> it was nice.
0: It was he sleeps.
1: He sleeps a lot to be able to try to smoke as many cigars as I do. But let me let me tell you something you may not know about Tyler. Uh, you know, speaking to his influencer, uh, you know. So, you know, Tyler's the kind of guy when you have him around, you kind of everybody busts balls, right? Like he's kind of like the guy you bust balls on a little bit, you know, because he kind of, I don't know, I think he feeds off of it, but, you know, he he sets himself up for it. But uh, Sean and John told me that uh, a couple of weeks ago, he came in with like four or five guys from his from his job, and he's like the fucking BMOC on the <laughs> ramp. I mean, he is, he is the, he, they fucking idolize him like, oh, Tyler, man, you got tenure, you got seniority, you fucking smoke cigars, you're single, you fucking get to hang out with all these cool people. It's like, you know, you're the man. Like, they hung on every word. You know, he he was the one busting balls on other people. It was a weird thing to watch. And John and Sean are looking at each other like, what's going on? Like, these people really think Tyler's, like, the coolest fucking dude on the planet. It's like
0: uh, another brick in the wall where the teacher's – like beat on the kids, they go home with their wives, and the wives are beating them up, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right, so it's like, uh
1: it's like uh it was like a it was like a uh shift in perception, and then they were telling me the story, and I was like, oh, that's you know whatever, and then a couple of uh of Tyler's friends actually came in while I was here, and I'm like, dude it, they're not lying, it's like Tyler is the fucking shit to these guys. it's pretty crazy to see Well it's, so yeah it's
2: it's a weird, it's a, it's hard to explain, but
1: it's super uh, hard to explain. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, une- um, it's inexplicable.
2: I don't know why you, I don't, why is it so hard to believe though? I feel like I have a really good sense of humor.
1: Of course you do. But when you tell me about your glory days playing nose tackle against JJ Watts, <laughs> uh, I'm looking at you like Al Bundy. When you tell that story, they're looking at you like, you know, like but I I'm I looking at her. you like Al Bundy's family looks at Al Bundy. They're looking at you like Al Bundy's neighbors in the ma'am organization or no ma'am are looking at Al Bundy. Like they're their fearless leader. So it's a it's just a different, you know, side of the prism. It was pretty cool to see. I don't know how to respond to that. And it's uh, it is what it is. It's not a knock. I'm just ex- explaining what I observed.
0: <laughs> different side of the you gotta, you to transition transition that. Uh, no transition i we do have two more listener questions though we can just scratch those it's one more thing it's almost like it's a it's a weird dynamic
2: too because like i think about it how i met dom okay it was my first trade show i didn't know anybody i just started working at a shop i wasn't a dweeb like dom who uh
0: was on the (laughs) forum see see how he's See, he's trying to bust balls on you dom but yeah, that's normal though. So I come. That's to, how I so, know he's either comfortable again or deflecting. He's trying so to
1: establish dominance.
0: Yeah, I, it's already been established over the. But anyways,
2: so I'm sitting there chilling by myself. I don't know anybody. And Dom and his uh, roommate or housemate come and I'm like, hey, there's a spot here. You know, I start talking. What did uh, what did your buddy say? Uh, you you got to be
0: nice to him, or what did he say to you? Well, he's like, this guy is all alone let's go talk to him because we were just hanging out by ourselves but at least there was two two's better than one <laughs> yeah well yeah i went by myself i went to the yeah. trade show by so, myself
2: a part-time so, employee
1: so, so you in his eyes you met because he felt sorry for you and then in your eyes yeah. you felt yeah. sorry for him
2: i <laughs> yeah. felt sorry for him because well i the one thing i made the mistake of saying hey man i think i follow you on instagram i made that mistake so already dom's riding high you know and first of all i look at dom i was you, no i was the opposite you're like this is
0: one of my well you looked at like you know you said me. i think you said you had seen my instagram all right so dom, maybe dom, that was like oh yeah what, what are the other two questions <laughs> yeah <laughs> um <clears throat> stewart cigar asked uh why isn't uh why aren't you making the humility this year I mean, really what it boils down to
1: is capacity production capacity. Right. So we can only make, we can only make 23,000 cigars a week, you know, and it works out to be about 1.2 million cigars a year. I put in a production plan. Um, I mean there's a lot of weird logistical things that are hard to explain, but like, let's say for example, um, we have a five by 50 short perfecto in every line. We have the, the faith, the envy, we have the, um, Mode five, mode five, and in magnet right, and in mode five in um, aquitaine. So, it's you can't make all four of those in the same week, right? Because there's not enough molds for 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 six different pairs to be working on those, or five different pairs, right? So there's things like that. There's things like tobacco. Like I know I'm not getting San Andreas again until until like November. Or whatever. I know I'm not getting any broadleaf this year, so I can plan out. Fortunately, we have about two and a half years worth of broadleaf, so I can plan out week over week of week exactly how much broadleaf we're going to have. We're we're a little bit low on Indonesian binder, right? So I'm going to obviously choose to make Intemperance instead of Wonderlust or 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 Baca. So so there's things like that where where you have the plan you have for the year. And then you kind of split it out over the quarters based on how much you have in inventory versus how much the demand is gonna be. And then um, um, every now and then when there is a, uh, when there is a uh, lull, like two years ago or three years ago when we had no broadleaf and we were only able to make about half as much as we normally did, we had, we had to make up 250,000 cigars worth of production or 200,000 cigars with the production. So we made a lot of LEs, right? We made all the blockheads, the Venus, the slobber knocker, the, the Panatellas, the whatever. So I plan to make a little bit every year. Um, if our production is tight and we have all the things we need to make something that's back ordered, you, know, um, or, you know, when I say back ordered, a good example like right now, we have about, um, 385 u- units of 50 count units of neanderthal in aging in the aging room but here in austin we're, we're short about 140 25 count bundles in about 30 boxes so every week we make neanderthal and every shipment neanderthal comes in and it fills the oldest orders but if you look at it from the demand we have the amount of orders we have minus what we have in SLE, maybe we're a little bit behind or what we have in Austin, we're a little bit behind, but we have more than enough already made. So in the next, you know, 12 weeks or 16 weeks, I have Neanderthal coming in every week. And if we didn't take another Neanderthal order, I would have all these orders fulfilled in the next four or five weeks, but the orders keep coming in. So every week we make Neanderthals, uh, we still have more made than we have on order. But the timing, because they take four to four or five months to get from production to the store, there's always some kind of on quote unquote back order. But if I see in the production that the amount we have on order is greater than what we have in Austin, what we have in Estelle, we have a real back order situation. We have we have more demand than we even have produced. So what I'll do is I'll shift that excess production to making more of those things so that we always have more made than we have on order the and when that happens the first thing you take away because nothing is overstocked right it's not like i have a production plan for chromatic craniums and i'm just not moving them right so that just doesn't exist so um, usually what gets cut to make room to make more of something else are those little le's that here and there and if you haven't a plan to make You know, 212 count boxes of 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 uh, of you're talking about five days of work for one pair uh, or three days, four days of work for one pair no five days. Um, You know that week you you take humility off the board and you say, hey, make more. uh, Neanderthals or make more of you know, whatever is on back order, because um, I don't want those people waiting more than three or four months for, you know, a cigar. So the short answer is we, we only make those limiteds pretty much when uh, when we have excess capacity, which is almost never. And they just drop in whenever they drop in. I have like a slate of what I wanna make and how many I wanna make. And, and we drop them in when we can. And there's other LEs like craft or, you know, that kind of thing where we have just, we just have it hard coded into the production plan and uh you know it consumes it. it consumes the the capacity that it consumes but things like humility panatella's lanceros you know salamones those kinds of things we we really only drop those in so like, let's say this week we're working on Magnon over here and Aquatine over here and we have a lot of great tobacco already deveined we ended up with some larger leafs uh we have a little excess capacity uh we have a a pair that was going to be making virtues, but we actually have a lot of virtues in the pipeline. Don't have a lot of, we don't have any back order. We actually have some stock in Austin, some stock and a lot of stock in Estelete. I'll say stop making virtues for three weeks so you can make Aquitaine and uh, Chromagnin Salamones, or make Aquitaine and um, you know, slobber knockers. And uh, so that's how that ends up working.
0: Cool. Uh- Last, sorry, Tyler. I have there's one more question, um, but then also I think El Dandy Cubano posed a question through the DMs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That might have just been for us. I don't know. Can't remember. Um, International Cigar Society asks, "What is Skip's favorite board game?" This kind yes. of ties in. Um, uh, while you're uh, thinking about that, Skip, at the lounge uh, where I work. Backgammon has become huge. That is the game now that everyone plays. Yeah, I was gonna say
1: backgammon. I don't, um, I don't actually play on a board anymore,
0: <clears throat> but I play okay. on
1: a, I play on an app. Huh. So I, I would say backgammon. Um, I mean, if I if I'm in a room full of people playing a board game, I would say maybe Trivial Pursuit or something like that, where you're kind of playing teams and, um, uh, you know, answering questions like that, but um, I used to play Risk a lot when I was a kid, uh, mm-hmm. games like that. But Settlers of Catan, we I, need would to have ba- a- I would say a would say backgammon. All right, we need a game night at, at Roma HQ. No, we
2: we actually don't. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're into board games, and <laughs> I w- I would crush you in backgammon. <laughs> no, you'd crush me in most games because
1: I'm very indecisive. So I'm like like
2: well, playing Yatzy.
1: Yotsi- game- backgammon is a math game it's a dice probability and space movement uh it's it's all math basically what it's about probabilities. uh, uh ac Ducey. i have no idea what that is i don't spend no the works. bottle not interested no it's it's based on <laughs> fucking backgammon no
2: i have no idea what ac ducie is it, maybe it's a wisconsin thing mm. um all right you want to ask uh el dandy's questions what do you have it pulled up because I know yeah. it's separate from these. All right. Yeah, I got so this, this, they're for they're for me and Don, but they'll be for all three of us. First question is, if you drop soap on the floor, is the soap dirty or is the floor clean? Soap's dirty. No, you
0: got to scrub the floor.
1: Yeah, you just r- rinse it off, right? Are you talking about like in the shower or like when you're washing your hands or whatever? I'm guessing the shower. Yeah, the, if you drop it on the floor, the, the shower is just going to rinse it down the drain, right? You just move your food over it. Yeah. yeah. You pick up I mean, the soap, you move your foot over the slimy spot, and then it washes down the drain.
0: <laughs> What's I mean, like, who scrubs the bottom of their feet? That's how you scrub them. You get that soap <laughs> on <down> the drain. <laughs> you got the hot spots.
1: Um, no, actually, actually, you shouldn't be using just the bar of soap on your body anyway. You need to get one of those, like, little loofah, loofah rags or whatever, put the soap inside of it, rub the soap into the inside rag. Inside of it? Yeah, so you take the loofah rag, you put the bar of soap inside of the rag, and you move the rag around on it until it gets soap on it. You take the soap off and use the rag. But when oh. the soap gets, like, into the little bitty pieces, you put all the little pieces in the middle of the rag, and then you use it kind of like a, uh, you know, you just, you, just, you just make the, like, you don't have to hand, handle the little pieces. You just move the. It's kind of like a, a what, what do you call like a sachet of soap?
2: All right. Right? Oh. Right? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh that brings me to like or, or uh, you just
1: use or you just use gel. I know three, you use 3 the, in 1 like yeah, Tyler Tyler uses the 4 in 1. No, I used to, not anymore. Um It's it's a it's a combination shampoo, conditioner, body soap and ball toothpaste. Scrub. <laughs> Um No, Expe- after I after I used your shampoo, me
2: and Mike Hustler, we both decided you got the best shampoo. I went and ordered it, the argan or whatever it is.
1: That's a good shit. Um, I have really bougie, high end kind of like everything. Plus, when I plus when I find something I like, I buy a lot of it. So, yeah, you gave me some uh cleaner, some like
2: uh subscription based cleaner that's like organic and shit. And then you gave me some vitamins. Um. Oh yeah, I was, fuck! I missed my opportunity to say this. I thought I think it's funny, but I don't know if you guys ever watched New Girl. They're talking about the uh, your your, uh, shower towel, uh, how often you got to wash it. And he's like, I never have to wash it. I'm already clean. It just drives me off. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's funny. Um, the second question is since smoking cigars,
1: let me tell you how towels work, Tyler. So you have, you have the, the towel that's on the counter, mm-hmm. the, the large size bath towel that's on the counter. Then you have the the towel you used yesterday that's hanging, that's drying, Mm -hmm. right? So what you do is before you get in the shower, you take yesterday's towel that was hanging, you fold it in half and use that as a floor mat. Mm. So you get out onto yesterday's towel and then use the new towel. And then the new towel goes up to dry to become tomorrow's floor mat. And so you really need kind of like three, four towels at one. Of course, I have a lady that does laundry every day, right? Uh, so, so, you know, but even when I'm at the house, I, every day I, I end up, cause what happens every, every three days you need to wash a, a towel. So you wash that towel with your whites or you wash it with your darks. So you always have like three, three, three black t-shirts, two pair of jeans, two pair of socks, two pair of underwear and a towel, perfect size laundry, wash and dry. You got your, you got your, your go-to for the rotation for tomorrow's counter towel. It's a life hack, guys. There's a there's a process to it. So you always have exactly one load of laundry because you because you if you have two pairs because so like so like say Monday, got a pair of socks, pair of underwear, black t shirt, jeans, or right, or socks optional if you wear flip flops, but this time of year you have socks. Then you have yesterday's or you have today's uh, counter towel. Then by the third day, you have two pair of jeans, two t-shirts, two pair of socks, two pair of underwear, and t- and two towels to wash, right? Yeah. So that's a perfect uh, laundry. And then once a week, you do your sheets. When's the last time you washed your sheets, Tyler? Uh... You wash your sheets every every three days if you're sexually active, at least every three days, depending on how active you are, because there could be a lot of you might need to do it every day but depends on how much, you know, how much pl- right. Have you
0: wait, new question. Have you washed your sheets since you moved to Austin? Yeah. yeah, I I uh
2: I have several um sheets sets of sheets. Let's not talk about my So sheet I wash situation. I wash
1: my pillowcases every 3 days. So so every time I uh every 3rd day I wash my pillowcases. And every week I wash my sheets. There you go. Um, so I mean this adulting is hard but yeah it
2: it is and um but let's be real you don't wash your socks you just buy a new you just put a new pair on
1: I have so many pairs of socks I I usually wear like one pair uh well I don't often wear socks but I probably have about 40 pairs of the same exact socks so I don't really hit them very often maybe once every couple months um since smoking cigars, have you searched for different flavor notes
2: in your food? Example: This burrito tastes earthy. No, never. No, um, maybe, huh? I'm thinking about it, but I. Food and well, flavor cigars. No, um, flavor notes
1: is, is a bullshit thing in in cigars, but you hear that, down? That's just me.
0: Yeah, no, I'll say, uh, like with co- coffee. <clears throat> Coffee's think- different. Coffee's a liquid. I didn't think about tasting coffee as much since I got into cigars. Now, I'm much more interested in like quality coffee. I don't, but the thing is, like, I don't like good quality coffee. Like, if you look at, if you talk to an really?
1: expert, like, if you talk to an expert like, like Andrea and, um, and Colin, when they do cuppings and stuff, the coffee never tastes good to Well, first of all, I don't really drink black coffee. I drink coffee with milk and sugar. Right. So I like, you know, charbucks like dark roasted you know um so yeah i like it as dark roasted as possible most time like the bright coffees and the really high quality nuanced you know uh all those kinds of things you would objectively say are better coffee i don't really drink coffee that way so yeah Yeah. coffee has different i mean i i use them on espresso machine mike has like a ten thousand dollar espresso machine at his house but I like Nespresso, and and uh, in my home one, I've got, you know, tons of different varieties of packets. And, you know, I definitely can taste one and go, okay, that one's acidic, this one's kind of sweet, this one's kind of, you know, um, fruity, right? Like that level of flavor notes, but you're talking about something you're consuming on your palate, not smoke, not tobacco, right? I would say,
2: I would definitely say that my food and cigar uh, variety is very similar. I eat the same stuff every day and I smoke the same stuff every day. I'll mix in something new. but a lot of the new shit that comes out, I'll smoke it once. And I'm like, all right, that's all I need. So, but yeah, I, I eat the same food every day and I smoke the same cigars every day. So, um, but no, I don't. Yeah. I don't think about. Are talking about Connor kill Tyler. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite cigar you smoked this week?
1: Mm, this week? Yeah. Mm, probably the Kaiser saying I've probably smoked about 20 of those this week. Oh, where do you got those hidden at?
2: Uh, sh-
0: Skip scanned up right now for the listeners.
2: Yeah, Dom, what would you, what's the... Uh- Best cigar dude, you smoked this week. Dude,
0: I, this is an off week for me. Well, okay, I, last week, motherfucker. Not so long ago. I have to look through pictures. <sighs> um, let's see. The blend review was not good last week. Uh,
2: okay, I'll answer. Uh the Neanderthal uh Grand Perfecto. I've been choosing through quite a few of those. Okay. Um that's my favorite. Like Neanderthal blend is my number one uh closer. I got it. I'll be right back.
0: Yeah. Well, this is awkward. So well, while I'm uh waiting for everyone to come back, uh sick tea I'm drinking right now, fresh ginger, fresh turmeric, uh, bag of tea. I think it's green tea, some fresh local honey. Uh, this is in a pot of water, boiling water, some anise, some cloves. Uh, some lemon peel as Meyer lemon uh, squeeze lemon through the whole thing in uh, and then that is half of it. And then the rest is whiskey. Good stuff. What did you say Dom? I was just talking to myself. You're feeling uh, dead air. <laughs> I mean, ideally I'll go back and edit uh, that the breaks. Now. Yeah. We'll see.
1: No, I've, I've been smoking a lot of uh, Kaiser Sose, which is the uh, the Barber Pole Wonderlust that has Arapadaca and Manafina. And I've also been smoking a lot of the uh, the Barber Pole Baca. We're doing an anniversary project for uh, a cigar shop in the East Coast, and uh, we ended up going the kind of the blockhead size of the Baca. But one of the things we we had made to to see if it would work is the uh, Cameroon and Broadleaf Barber Pole voca which was really good actually so I've been smoking a lot of those just because they were blend samples nice but I've been trying to smoke a lot more medium cigars this week kind of give my palate a rest because I know we're going to uh, we're going to the Dominican to, to do a lot of heavy tasting so um, I didn't want to
0: I didn't want to uh, you know burn my palate out for two weeks that's' I think we mentioned this last podcast. Is there a better way to say, uh, was a sensitive palate or I burnt my palate out? Delicate. Yeah, Tyler always makes fun of me for having a delicate palate, but like, I, I just can't smoke as much as most people do, I guess.
1: Well, it's like, it's, I always look at it like this, like, uh, you can't go from, from, you can't, you can't go from, smoking nothing to smoking really heavy tobaccos um, because the heavy tobaccos won't have any nuance because they're overpowering you. So if you smoke heavy tobaccos all the time, then you stay in that kind of zone of heavy tobaccos. So you're not burning your palate out per se, but you're, you're used to that kind of level of, of kind of flavor and strength and things. You, you, you're not gonna go into blending nuanced cigars with new tobacco you don't know very well while you're in that mode. But if you're if you're only smoking kind of medium kind of light tobaccos for, for a long time, and then you're trying to blend something heavy, you kind of have to move back into that mode of of something heavy for a while before you. I mean, this is just my my process, right? So um, it's not as much about burning your palate out as um, what what would be a better analogy, I guess, would be you're kind of tuning your you're you're tuning your palate to be in the range that you needed to be
0: in. Otherwise you are pop a string.
1: Yeah. Or, or you're, yeah, or you're just.
2: aesthetics. Yeah. I got a question for you guys. Is there something, a trend or something that you didn't like in cigars and now you have start to like it. I'll explain this by, I'll give you my example. Um, I used to not like perfectos or torpedoes, but um the, uh, the grand perfectos I fucking love and I never thought I would like them because I used to hate torpedoes, um, or perfectos or whatever. Is there something that you guys thought you didn't like, and then you just didn't maybe try the right one for you or what's your opinion or is there, is that a shitty question?
1: I mean, I, I've never been a, a big, you know, 60 ring gauge, 70 ring gauge smoker, uh, you know, a lot of times, even when I'm smoking like a Toro, I'll cut an inch or two off the cigar before I even start smoking it. Um, I like shorter cigars. I like more cigars that are smaller than big cigars, you know, that last longer. So I would rather smoke, I'd rather smoke three or four kind of, you know, four or five inch, 46, 48, than smoke, you know, one seven by seventy.
2: Yeah anything like maybe you yep. didn't
1: maybe you didn't but, think but like
0: sumatra and then you you tried
2: a really good maybe it's like an outlier
0: i don't like uh Robustos because they were the most popular <laughs> i love that's my favorite size Rebuso. i well yeah i'm getting getting there um but also when i smoked with when i started smoking with my dad and my brothers robusto was too short for that and we would only be smoking one cigar uh, i was never like oh let's have two tonight but then, as we smoked more, uh, then I think dropped in. Uh, well, I mean, my dad still likes salmons, the larger size, but uh, I like the smaller ones now. You can hear when our when our coolers go off. Um, back, the background
2: noise goes away. Skip Dom's dad smoked the nine by ninety asylum.
0: <sighs> April fools, yeah. What did it, did it smoke him? You mean? <laughs> He, uh, no, he, he powered through.
2: Tommy, I mean, look, Zuka.
1: you know, here's the thing, man. If, if you like it, you like it. Um, to Tyler's question, I've been smoking cigars for so long that I'm kind of set in my ways. I mean, I, and I smoke a lot of different things, but I mean, I have a, I have a very, I don't like punch cuts. I don't like V cuts. I like straight cuts, guillotine cuts, scissor cuts. Right. I don't like really big cigars. I don't really like really long cigars. Um, I don't like sour beers. I don't like, you know, I don't like Sumatra very much. I haven't found one I really liked yet. Maybe that's the challenge for me is to make a Sumatra cigar that I really like. So um, yeah, I guess
2: that's kind of where my question was, too, is you're not the biggest fan of Sumatra. And that's kind of like what Ernesto is known for. Um, uh-huh. so no, maybe he, it, he,
1: we, I mean, we have, we aren't to the wrapper the, the portion of the blending yet. But yeah, he's been twisting my arm and pushing me towards Sumatra since the day I got there. And um, you know, I'm like, I'll try it, I'll try it. No, nope, I still don't like it. Nope, that's no better. But we'll try this, it's completely different, you know. It's like, you know, like when you say like I don't really like IPAs, then it goes, I know you don't like IPAs, but taste this IPA. It's like, dude, I I don't like it. And it's like, well, but this one's different. It's like, okay, if I if I don't like it, can I punch you in the face? <laughs> you know, like, like you know, it's like, you know, smell my finger. It's like, no. You know, well, it, I, I'll and, try it, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to like it because I don't like IPAs.
2: That almost fits in the same lens, like where you, you think something's really funny and you, you put it on the, on the, you, you know, you put it on the screen, you're making them watch it. And you're looking and they're just like stone faced. You're like, dude, that's the, that was the funniest part. And you missed it.
0: said so no, I kind of Facebook Facebook feeling
1: post that you've ever done. Yeah, exactly. I says, let's say, um, I don't do that. Tyler does that. Like I consume it because I want, to, I enjoy it. Tyler is doing it to try to get the effect, and you know. Anyways. Uh, plus, plus, I've I've started to come to realize Tyler has the absolute worst fucking taste in in music in uh, movies. So the other day, so you know, Tyler listens to his music on his headphones. So they pull the headphones out of his ears and go, "What do What do you listen to?" He's like Bon Iver. It's like you're always walking around Tourette fucking snorting out old school hip hop lyrics. And then you're fucking listening to, you know, teen emo music secretly in your headphones, you know, it's not, I put it
2: on my stories. I'm not afraid to admit that I like a wide spectrum of music. You know, I listen to a lot of different shit. Um, that's like, that's my thing with John is John listens to one type of rap that it takes place in Buffalo. Definitely not a Mecca of rap
1: music. Um, but no, that's like, he's, he's got, not, I don't like his taste either, but like, so dumb. Here's a homework assignment. Yeah. There's a, there's a movie called small engine repair. It's like a little indie movie. You can get it on iTunes or small engine repair. It's got, um, it's got a couple of actors you you'll recognize. In John it. Berthal from Punisher is the yeah. main one. And no. it's it's just a really, really good indie little indie movie kind of, you know, along the lines of, uh, you know, simple uh, si- blood simple with, with with Billy Bob or uh, Coen brothers. Know, it's, it's kind of like a Coen Brothers meets Quentin Tarantino kind of little deal. It's a rip off of that. That's what I didn't like about it's it. It's not a rip off. It's a very good little movie. Well, Tyler no, watches saying... it and he, and he, and he and like shits all over it. I'm like, dude, you have zero fucking taste and then he and then he comes in raving about this new show called the peacemaker which is you know it's someone somewhat, somewhat entertaining in the same way jackass is entertaining right but it's not you know it's
0: not like is it the soundtrack he doesn't like or the actors the no it cinematography? was just, it was uh he doesn't
1: he doesn't like having to think number one no, the,
2: no 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 um I posted recently like what I consider my top 5 favorite movies which are movies that I consider like rewatchable. If if they're on TV, I'm going to catch it. I'm going to watch it. It's now like let's say I really enjoyed American Psycho with Christian Bale, but that's not a movie I'm going to rewatch all the time or like uh yeah, I think be worried movie, if you did kind of. Yeah, another movie you you have to watch at least one fucking time is uh Fuck, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Like that's a great fucking movie, but that's not a movie you can watch ten times. Yeah. Any of his movies, uh, Darren Um Aronsky, whatever the fuck his name is. Like like The Wrestler. The Wrestler is a great fucking movie. That's my kind of movie. The the wrestler. But it's not a movie you can watch
1: again, you know. I mean, um, you can you can fast forward to the
2: part where uh what's her name chose her tits. Oh, Marissa Tomei, she's yeah, she's in my top ten. <laughs> Um, big fan. Um,
1: so Dom, what do you think about the uh end of year lists?
0: Got I got some questions for you guys. So, I like um seeing cigars that I haven't tried before on them and then trying them. Uh, for instance, are they, when
1: you do that, are they usually good?
0: Um, so the only one I've tried on a list that I'm like uh, based off what I'm saying. Uh, Half wheel rated the Alec and Bradley K- Kinsagui. Oh, I forget Kinsugi. the, name the- Kinsugi, Kinsugi, thank you. And I hadn't smoked that before, so uh, we had four left in the shop. And I, I think, I don't think anybody's going to pick up the last three. I need to smoke on a fresh palate, but I thought it was decent, uh, decent Honduran smoke. Well, did you get the Corona Gorda size? Yeah, we have both uh, Toro and Corona hmm. Gorda. Gorda. Okay.
2: I know that so that's made at Racy's Cubana and yeah. they, were, they were making the gatekeeper with Ernesto, but that got shifted to another factory. See, I wasn't I a fan of,
0: of that. I like the band on the gatekeeper. I didn't know the band on the Kinsaki was so uh, interesting. Like you remove that larger band and there's it goes with the name of it uh, like a little gap where you can see the tobacco leaf under the second band. There's a cool uh, small touch they put on it. I do like seeing a cigar that I've been hyping
2: up for a long time, like make a list, like a half wheel list or a developing palette or Cooper, or whatever. Like, um, like I was happy to see war on half wheel. Cause I fucking love that cigar. Um, and then I was happy to like, for you, you had La Madrina, uh, shade. shade yeah. Um, as your number one, right? Yeah. I had war as my number one. And then, uh, that made half wheel too. Right. Yep, And then Developing Pallets, love that cigar as well. So I was talking to Ian about it. Which so, cigar? Um, the La Medrina Shade, uh, made at Noxa. By Dapper. Uh, by Dapper, yeah. I haven't tried
1: that one. I mean, I, I like what the Dapper guys are doing. Um, I actually, I mean, I don't get out the stores much, but I don't know that I've seen that cigar. Do they have it at Smoker's Abbey, Dapper? Yeah, I'll, I'll grab you one when I'm in okay. at TPE. I need to try that uh, I don't yeah. not from the trade show I'll go I'll go to Abby and get it um, or I'll go to Abby and get it for you yeah the uh, or maybe when I'm down in Miami at Caribbean with with Alan's place he always has stuff like that yeah um, so I'm smoking this trail mix cigar that was on um half was list uh,
0: I have no, no idea about it was, the it was on there what's in it it was on their top 25 was it yeah it was yeah no way. So I that.
1: if I had to guess it, mean, I mean, if I had to guess, I would say, I would say it has a uh, kind of a Nicaraguan wrapper on it, which is not super common, but it's got that. It drives my mouth out like a Nicaraguan wrapper. What factory makes these? I'm pretty sure Placencia does. Yeah, I think so. It must be. Cause another thing I was going to say was it, it, I think it has Honduran tobacco in it. I don't know if it's advertised as having Honduran tobacco, um uh, but I I would guess it has jalapa. It probably has it probably has Honduran tobacco in it as well in a Nicaraguan wrapper. But it's very dry. I, I certainly don't get trail mix like you know like Patrick said on half wheel whatever the fuck that meant. Um, like I don't taste oranges when I smoke the naranja. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like a, the power of suggestion, right? Um, like if I if I if you called this peanut butter and jelly, somebody would say. Oh dude, it does taste like peanut butter. You know? Like if I put that in your head, you would go, Oh shit, that does taste like
0: peanut butter. I so I like the power of suggestion, but with just colors on the band. That too. I think that uh that has an effect on me. And that cigar I totally
2: forgot about. That should have been in my top ten. Um I really liked it. I bought a, a bundle of them. Even though uh, these usually, Yeah. Usually their their price points are cheaper, but then again, you know, you got I don't know anything about that company at all.
1: What, what is this? Care. What it? How much is this cigar? Nine, nine, ten bucks. Ten fifty. So, you know, it burns a lot slower. Like a, the draws, it's not tight at all. I mean, it's well constructed. I'm not saying it's tight, but it draws. It burns slower for a mild cigar than I would normally smoke. It smokes a lot like an Aganorsa cigar, mm. actually, but. Uh, I mean, it's good. It's mild. It's, you know, it's got good tobacco flavors. It doesn't have a lot of high primings, I would say. I'm fairly certain it has and tobacco in it, though. It tastes a lot like, kind of like on on the same level of the Baca blend. Obviously, the wrapper's a lot different, but...
2: Yeah, that's
1: a good comparison. Yeah. It's pleasant, but I I don't think I would smoke it a lot, which I assume it's not super available either, but... No, I think I I, I mean, if I pay 10 bucks for it, I wouldn't be mad. I'd be like, oh, that was good, you know. Yeah, I think my discount, I pay about six bucks for it. So there's a lot of pretty good cigars, you know what I mean? Like, like somebody will hand me a cigar, like, what do you think of this? I'm like, oh, it's pretty good, you know. You know, there's very few cigars where I go, holy shit, like, I need to go buy me a box of those.
0: Um, I think that's what's fun about uh, limited cigars that are even just pretty good is those are the fun ones to uh gift like a year after they come out yeah, yeah. If you do a trade with somebody yeah especially if fun. it's
1: somebody like me it's like giving me something i've never smoked before is not super easy i mean it's mm-hmm. easier than it used to be i mean used to be you couldn't give me a cigar i hadn't smoked but um like tyler bought some other cigars for me um i sent him to the store to get me some um some of these little perfectos i won't say who makes them but they're all really pretty and they're very, very well constructed and they're, you know, very elaborate kind of mixed wrappers, Candela, Connecticut, Maduro. And they're completely fucking boring. They're like, I don't know how much they cost. I don't care. It's like, you know, you might as well be smoking air and it tasted like nothing, even though they were pretty and well-made. And then, um, you know, there's a couple of little, Cigars that aren't so pretty that I, that I thought were really, really good. I was smoking, um, these rough little cigars from, uh, they were like the size of the Weaselito, but they were really rough, like cheroot kind of cigars. And I, you know, I found myself really liking those who makes those ones. I don't remember what they were.
2: The cheroot. Um, going back to that, that those perfectos, you were smoking, I had given you one of, they had sent me some samples, uh, maybe eight months ago and i gave you one of them and you kind of had the same i don't even know if you made the connection or the same brand but you had said the same thing you know it, it's it's pleasant but it's you can tell it's lower priming you know seiko uh tobacco in there this brand we're talking about
1: yeah i'll tell you who i'm really looking forward to is i'm looking forward to When I'm going, when I'm in the Dominican, I'm going to go out of my way to go over to, I'm going to call my man, Manny Diaz, and I'm going to go see Eladio's new factory, and I'm going to smoke as much shit as he'll give me until I find the next, you know, the next fucking cigar of the year. That's why I was going
2: to ask you if you, if you thought about doing something with Eladio now that he is doing his own thing now.
1: Uh, Maybe, maybe, I mean, that would be a fuck. I mean, you know, Manny you know, I've gotten to know Manny pretty well, Manny, he's like a fucking solid dude, he's working with him now, and uh, Manny did work with Ernesto Carrillo for a while, um, so, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get in with, with Eladio, just me and Eladio blending cigars, but, uh, you know, almost everything I ever liked from Davidoff was something he had a big influence on, and the stuff I didn't really like was was stuff where he, you know, he didn't really like it so much either, but, it was kind of more Henke's thing.
0: Did he blend the Oro? Uh,
1: probably, yeah. Yeah, probably. I would say so. I always heard that Eladio
2: blends more of the stronger Davidoffs. Like, that's kind of more his
1: speed. Yeah, and he doesn't use so much of that, you know, the San Vicente, kind of that moldy, Mushroom. hay, grassy kind of flavor to it. Oh, yeah. So I'll, you- So that's that's something I'm definitely going to want to do.
2: Do you know the guy who used to work at cigar bands, used to work with Casada. and now he has his own factory? In Dominican? Yeah, uh, Hosto. Yeah, you're going to visit him?
1: Or do you know him? Uh, yeah, I know him. Um, yeah, that's a good idea to go visit him as well. Um, my last trip down there, I got to go to the LaFleur factory, and I'm a huge LaFleur kind of fanboy. And let me tell you, if I could just like snap my fingers and build a factory like any way I wanted, it would look just like, leto's factory i mean Doesn't he has like, like a platform in the middle of the rolling room or something he's got his aging room in there but he, he's got um he's got kind of a fancy pants you know super executive office suite that i probably wouldn't be so much up for but um his 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 all his you know the concrete the simple kind of materials the 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 wood and the uh, you know all of his rollers wearing the black t-shirts and you know nice tables and everything so uh, I really, 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 really liked that factory. Uh, and so what about other lists, Dom? Oh, wait, one more question while, when you're in the DR. Uh,
2: your boy, uh, uh, what the fuck's his name? Um, Fear the Bird. He's He's been oh, teasing. Chogui. Stuff. Chogui. I wonder if he'll be down there. Tokako.
1: I think I discovered him. By the way, you did, year, yeah, year, yeah. years ago. Um, yeah, that first cigar was really, really good and interesting. Um, I don't know. You know, he's, he's a really good guy. Uh, he did something weird with Mike and Greg, so he's not using them to distribute for him anymore, which I, I don't completely understand. And, you know, Mike's kind of my boy, so oh, I don't know. I might have to, They're they're over in Santa Domingo. They're not in Santiago, I don't think. So I, I probably won't run into him.
2: I've never been to the DR. I've I tried inviting myself to go with you guys six times to no avail,
1: but uh, I got to make it down there one time. Buy buy a ticket, take the ride, man. I would. You keep working triple overtime. Oh hey,
2: I I can easily cancel my TPE trip and uh, head to the DR. Um,
1: We're leaving in the morning, so it's probably too late. Well, you have to yeah. talk to Mike. Talk to Mike.
2: No, I hey. I need, I need to just go out, come out and ask instead of hinting it. Like Mike said, Hustler said, closed mouth, don't get fed. I don't like That's to ask true. for shit, you know?
1: Well, the, the thing about this trip is this is a serious, like, working all day kind of trip. And I don't, we don't really have time to, to baby grandy sit, so. Well, I would just be in the, you wouldn't even know I was there. You just hear me at my heavy
2: breathing and my, my, my sweat dripping off my forehead under the ground.
1: That's the only sound you hear. I don't know, man. I figure, like, if you if you were, could bring something of value, you know, like anytime you put a posse together, you you gotta have some guy who has the water, some guy who's got the ammo, some guy who knows how to track, some guy who knows how to shoot long distance. You know what I bring? though? Tyler's got the water.
2: I'm Easy. The ver- <laughs> I'm the verbal. I, Tyler's, Tyler's got
1: the Tyler's got the Red Bull and Tourettes. I got the drip. Um, the drip. I'm the.
2: Uh, I saw I'm that. The- I'm the verbal punching bag. You know, I can make light of any
1: situation, no matter how serious it was. We don't spend is. a lot of time. We don't spend a lot of time fucking around when, in these kinds of trips. Todd. This, this is I'm hard. Saying. This is hard body karate. Legit cigar making. What this I'm is, saying not, is This is not uh, kitten paws. I'm just saying there might be an opportunity
2: for a well-timed, you know, a little, you know, that's what I bring. Yeah, maybe maybe
1: later. Maybe later. Next time, maybe later. I got a lot of vacation to use. Plus, Mike told me I think I think he's talking about you, but you're not really a seasoned traveler. Like you don't. Me and Mike travel so much. We move. We move through through airports, custom <laughs> immigration, rental car. We move through that
0: shit like the fucking wind. Tyler's just bragging about how much he travels in the last podcast. I'm a, I'm like the G in lasagna. I'm silent. I move like lasagna.
2: Um. <laughs> I do travel a lot and I've been working at the airport since I was nineteen. Dude, flying uh,
1: southwest to Vegas in, 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 in and and in, and Portland and Phoenix doesn't really count. I'm talking about moving through immigration and 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 customs and you know, planes, trains, automobiles, transitioning. Um you know. Okay. Uh I do have one question for you, Skip. You gotta stop every 10 minutes to eat an adult lunchable for your baby stomach and, and a fucking energy drink. I do we, don't have to, we don't have time for that. We have time for bathroom stops, Tyler. I'll wear a diaper. Or you, you do have time for
2: that, God. Um, I have one more question. I've been meaning to ask you this forever. Um, knowing what you know now about the FDA regulations, is there anything you would have done differently knowing that pretty much you were the only one who kind of like followed the rule where if it wasn't on the market, prior to 2016 um that it wouldn't be grandfathered in meanwhile all these other companies are coming up with new limited editions new bs they they sent 500 uh new blends to shop just to get it out there on time is there anything you would have done differently
1: no i would i would have not spent money so much money on a lawyer knowing that it was all going to be wasted but no, I wouldn't have done anything different. All right, no regrets.
0: Uh, back to that last thing. I I really didn't, haven't looked at any other list other than uh, cigar aficionado and half wheel. Uh, and I haven't smoked too many of cigar aficionados. The Cubans, I I get like maybe three months with a club I'm in, and um, they're all older cigars. So, it's more like I like seeing cigars that I support. Um, it's always fun to bash cigars that I think are objectively not good. Um, but it's also fun to see one that I haven't tried in a while and uh, give it a second go because it oftentimes can yeah. change. Yeah.
1: Well, it's all, what I think would be a really cool podcast show would be. Go, going through the list from a year or two years ago and like and like seeing how many of these companies that these, these guys, you know, lifted up on their shoulders that don't even exist anymore or brands that don't exist anymore. Or yeah, I saw that one at the shop. It's in the discount bin, you know, like, oh, and these cigars that came out that year that you don't even talk about, people are still fucking buying them. You know, they're on
0: back order, you know, <laughs> Do you know about our uh, peen thing?
1: No, micro peen. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, it's based on it's based on micro peen. <laughs> so uh, you're talking about how tasting notes are kind of garbage earlier, uh, but Tyler and I we've only done two of these, uh, but palates experiencing every nuance, acronym for peen. But we <laughs> we, we smoke. That's a al-
1: that's hilarious. Saka <clears throat> Saka had a thing years ago before he was a, you know, a blowhard. Fucking egomaniac. Maybe he was a blowhard egomaniac back then, but he was like, a, you know, I idolized him. Now I just kind of see, I know, now that I actually know shit, I see through a lot of his, you know, his bullshit, but um, I mean, he's still, I still consider him a friend, but um he used to have a thing called uh, the Mott. It was based on Gordon Mott. It was the monthly officious taste test or something like that. And it's part of the reason why why, why Aficionado hates him now. But, um, but it was kind of like that. I was just making fun of, you know, the, the reviewing process, which was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. So uh, tell and I compete. We have to pick three tasting notes for the entire cigar. And then we just put it on an Instagram poll. And, and it's
1: uh, palates experiencing every nuance?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking solid
1: gold. So, I, 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 assume, was- I assume you came up with that, right, though
0: yeah so i can do the things that take time to think about i'm not a quick shooter we talked about that yeah i'm good
2: riffing in the moment he's good if he's got 24 hours of prep time
1: so so tyler's the the uh premature ejaculator when it comes to
0: the the good thing is the the life yeah you're more like
1: the the tantric (laughs) he's just
0: staying
2: he's staying to me uh I don't know. Um, it's kind of like you know the whole. Have you seen the movie Colors? Yeah. No. Uh, you 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 know you, we can run down this hill and
1: with Robert Duvall, yes, fuck Yeah. Fuck all the bill or walk down and fuck them all.
2: Yeah, I, I run down there and fuck one. Dom will run down there and fuck them all.
1: Okay. That's the. Uh, Probably you y- you run down and get one of the cow the fattest cow in your in your friend zone. That's perfect. Yeah, that's. <laughs>
2: Uh, developing palettes. their number one cigar of the year was the hyena. And then their number two was the red meat lovers.
1: What is the hyena?
2: You smoked it black label trading company, the, the Cameroon project. They did, they did the hyena and then they did the swarm. Uh, I like, I like
1: the, I like the the old school one that I smoked better. than
2: That was the the same. um,
1: No, I smoked when I had my humidor. Before I smoked the Cameroon, one you gave me. Oh, what'd you have in the humidor? An old uh, Green Hornet or whatever they call it. Oh, a
2: regular Green Hornet. Okay. Yeah.
1: Ecuadorian Maduro. It was really good. And then that that, that Pyramid one you gave me was pretty good.
2: The Perfecto that came in the hive. I also, I have a Lancero for you to try too. Um, And then their number three was the Honduran Cameroon from Aladino.
1: Yeah. I can't get into that cigar, man. I mean, it's pleasant. It's good. The row is know how to make cigars. I mean, no, you know, no, no doubt. And they have good tobacco, but you know, if you smoke that, if you smoke that thinking, Hey, I'm going to smoke an Ecuador Connecticut and then you smoke it, you go, Holy shit. This is way better than Ecuador Connecticut. If you smoke it and you think I'm smoking Cameroon, it's like, you're really disappointed. So, um, but it's a good cigar, I think. Yeah. I haven't gone back to it. Um, I mean, I think developing palettes out of like five lists of, of 25, I think we were like number 25 on one of the lists for and Feathered. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter how many new cigars we come out with, you know, they don't fucking buy them. They don't review them. You know, they don't get it for the most part. Uh, it, you know, we don't advertise. We don't
0: suck their dicks. We don't sell it. Corona and Abe. We don't. So we're, we're out, we're out on a lot of different levels. Tyler, we never submitted our list to half Wheel for their consensus. We um, screwed up. Well, it has to be, has to exist on more than just, well, I guess it, it was on a podcast and you have I to guess. have reviewed one cigar, I think in the last yeah. year, um, will be a go for next year.
1: Um, Fuck. yeah. Like no. for example, like how many Wonderlust have you seen on a list? How many Baca have you seen on a list? Right, like Baca. last year, Baca was uh, Baca was released. You know, in every size, and uh, it got a lot. You know, the only Bacas I really saw reviewed are the ones that people got in their Grand Perfecto Uh um, Bear
2: had it in his top ten.
1: The uh, four and a half by sixty Baca, right? The Otabanga, Otabanga, um, and uh, like Wonderlust. Fucking Wonderlust is a great fucking cigar, man. It's money. Yeah, I mean well, the, the the Fiorella is fucking it's as good as any grand, you know. I mean shit, the Aquitaine Anthropology is fucking money. I mean everything every you know, I'm not saying the uh, you know, I probably wouldn't buy a box of you know, the um Don um it's uh Don Bosco. I probably wouldn't buy a box of those cuz it's just not my cup of tea. Um and I'm not. I don't smoke. I smoke hardly no number of 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 intemperance, EC industry, or ambition. Just because that size, I don't like. I don't smoke a lot of craniums or, um, you know, the bigger sizes. I smoke a lot of four and a half by sixties. lot. I smoke a lot of four by forty six. I smoke a lot of grand coronas. I smoke the the short perfectos. Um, the five by fifties every now and then the knuckle draggers the four and a half by 52s just for a banger but you know i go to a, i mean you know this tyler i literally go to a cabinet that has every fucking fanboy cigar i mean you know if a fanboy cigar comes out we'll get somebody to buy a box for us and you know like when reviver came out we bought two boxes when like okay i'll give you an example like soccer cigars the naka tamale i think i bought four boxes of naka tamales and they're gone right because we really like that cigar so so if someone says what do you think about soccer cigars i'm like fucking the naka tamale is money but we've got like three or four unicorns in there we've got a whole box of you know don derma that nobody's touched we've got you know. The little the little caritas, I smoke a lot of those, right? You but when you go, crackers. yeah, when you go in there and you open it, and you say I could smoke anything I want to smoke, and you get this one box there that's right in the front that nobody ever takes anything out of. That tells you everything you need to know, right? Sometimes somebody with everybody
2: here, everybody here, uh,
1: John and Sean. I don't give them the other cigars because all they smoke is Roma. Yeah, and and look, man, that's just. I mean, of course, I make them. Um, And I don't just smoke my, I smoke as many cigars from other people as probably anybody, but um, it's not, it's not, there's not a lot of cigar. I mean, like the Padron, Hermosa, Maduro's, there's always a box in there and I always smoke through them. The, the, uh, the 64 Principe or whatever, the Maduro, I fucking smoke that shit all the time. Um, But like, there's a box of, there's a lot of Tatuai stuff in there. And some of the little like you know petite cazadores and, and the reserve broadleafs they're really good um and you know I'll go to them every now and then, but like you know, like you gave me that Frank, that long Frankenstein thing the other day, and I got finished smoking, and I was thinking, you know that was a really good cigar, but uh, you know it's not something I would really go buy again, you know, and that's just my personal thing, so my point is is like it's big when, when 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 I say we make really good cigars um. For me, that's what I like to smoke, so. Well, another
2: thing is inherently, your your cigars aren't going to make a lot of top 10s because they've been out for a while. Like, the one, like, testament you could say about Roma Craft is, you guys have never had to discontinue a single SKU, where there's a lot of brands, um, they come out, like, the only thing that sells is what they came out with at the PCA that year. And then it's, it's on, that's on the back burner might not even be made anymore. And then it's on to what's new. You're making the same thing consistently for over 10 well, years. So you're not going to be on, uh, which is
1: wrong. I don't think that's the right way. Yeah. Well, it. I, I say it a lot of times too, is like, um, like, let's say you're William Cooper, right. Who, 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 you know, I, I like William Cooper. I like, I, I, I mean, I watch his shows. I, you know, um, I'm not. I don't think his 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 hot take on sports is exactly right, but, um, but you know, I think he genuinely likes cigars and he smokes cigars. But he's he's so wrapped up in in this kind of producing content and, and doing his blog and stuff and his 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 products, um, and he does a very consistent professional kind of job at it. But you know, I've always said to him a lot of times, like you know, you named this cigar, you know, the Sago whatever. You named that your cigar of the year two years ago, whatever do you still smoke that on a weekly basis? You know I mean? If it's like your number one cigar of the year, um, did you buy a box of it? Do you, did you smoke through it? Did you search for another box? And, and, you know, the answer a lot of times is, well, I smoke so many cigars for reviews. I don't really have time to smoke things for, you know, personal pleasure. It's like, well, then why the fuck are you even doing this? You know, it's like, you know, have a podcast where you talk about uh fucking sports and coaches or whatever, and then just smoke what you like, you know? It's like, you know, um, if I was doing a website on whiskey, I would probably try different whiskeys a lot. But if I found one that I thought was fucking amazing, I'd buy as many bottles as I could find. And I would smoke, I would drink it on a regular basis. Right. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't make sense to me that somebody says this is the very best cigar, Like, like the Rocky Patel Rocky Patel winter edition. I smoked one the other day. It was perfectly fine. It was good. Um, but if I named that my best overall cigar out of every other cigar, you know, out of hundreds of cigars, I would be fucking buying, I mean, that would be the one I would be buying and smoking a lot of, you know, that's my go-to, right? Just like the Padrone 26 number nine has been for me for 15 years, you know, or the La Florida Minicana DL 552, you know, if I find, or the Chisel Maduro, if I find a box of those, or I always have a box of those, right? I always yeah. have some of those, and I always smoke them. So um, you would think they would, like, slip into your rotation until it was no longer good, right? Yeah. It wouldn't just be something you smoked a couple of, gave it a good rating, and then never smoked it again. Like, so
2: I, I pulled up the consensus from 2012. Uh, the number one cigar isn't made anymore. It's the... Uh, 2012? Yeah, 2012. Um, the
1: uh, Jose cigar he did it at uh, Hoya. That was number one. Yes, the uh Cueve Blancos? Yeah, CYB. Uh, yeah, so that wasn't a good cigar, but I, you know, again, I would I didn't buy a bunch of them. And if you gave me one today, I would smoke it, but I'd be like, Man, things have moved so far since then. You know, that's not even one I would buy if it was still, you know, killing it. I you know, I just wouldn't.
2: Yeah. Number two, Oliva Series V milanio that can't be. I mean, that's still I don't selling. I'm
1: not a big fan of the Milanio. Uh I haven't tried the number four that made the list, but I don't really like that thin wrapper that they have on the Milanio, but the Serie V I fucking, that's in my regular rotation. You know, when I go into a shop, I always pick a number four or two up or a double Robusto always. I mean, that's a fucking solid, that's a banger cigar. And I hear a lot from
2: like seasoned cigar smokers is the, the regular series V they like better than Milano. Uh Number three, Ortega series D Madero.
1: Not even um, made anymore.
2: Yeah. Number four, Laduania. the, my father, uh, Pete,
1: long Cigar. list of cigars not made anymore yeah uh or if it is no one. i've never heard anyone talking about it in years
2: yeah
0: the well, ca C. reviewed that one uh this last year i think you got yeah but it's one. not it's it's one that it probably
1: i mean, mean are there
2: people out there buying boxes and boxes of that maybe i, no, don't, I don't know we didn't yeah. carry it at like country
1: and we have we're like the number one. My father shop in the. But my father makes a lot of cigars, right? He's, yeah, but it, but a lot of them they're all good, but they a lot of them taste very similar to me, right? Yeah. Like I remember a, a my father cigar I put on my list back in like two thousand seven or eight was the uh, the uh, was it had a number like the nineteen twenty three. Uh, what was it? It was like a, a little four by forty-six, it was fucking great. I'm I'm sure it's still great, but I just you know I haven't seen it anywhere. And um, well, not, yeah, so you
2: know, looking at that list, um, there's definitely most of those cigars aren't you know, well, keep about going, at all. keep going. Oh uh number six, oh the number five, Headley Grange.
1: That's yeah, seven. I smoke that one every now and then. I mean, Crown Heads is kind of the same for me. Um, I mean, all good quality cigars. Like the the four kicks mule kick, I still have boxes of it. I love that cigar. Both both first and second release. Um, some of the stuff that that uh, like the la war is a great little inexpensive, great value cigar. Yeah. you know it's got body. Reminds me a lot of an old brand called um, Cruz Real that was a little strong banger cigar. Uh, good price. Um, yeah, that's a good cigar. But I mean, you know, Mike and John don't put out anything that's not good. And there are guys out there just like Roma guys that just buy crown heads. You know, just like there's soccer guys, just like there's, they buy 80% of what they buy is crown heads and they love it and it's consistent. Right. And it's good.
2: Yeah. though I would say the only cigar that crown Heads ever made that wasn't, I think was a miss was the uh, like a big time miss. I mean, is the, the one they did with uh Monte city Cristo. Of, the city yeah. of music. Yeah. yeah. Um, number six, the, the, the L- L'Atelier Lat, um,
1: they he discontinued a lot of those, and then he rebranded you know, them. He he has a blend, and I haven't smoked in a while, but I used to smoke a lot of them. Is the Juan. Yeah, uh, they did was a,
0: an L.E. of those this year or last year it came out.
1: Yeah, like that one and the um, uh, the Ambos Mundo. I think it was another one that was really good medium, strong, consistent cigar. But again, you know, I see a lot of his LE stuff, but I don't really see, um, you know, like the reserve of broadleaf stuff's always banging. Right.
2: Um, number seven, E.P. Carrillo, Cardinal Maduro.
1: Yeah. Uh, the new wave, I know they just kind of discontinued it. The new wave Connecticut was really good. And then he had a lot of those, those short run Maduros. Um, yeah. I mean, you know even like these number one cigars ernie's ha- has had they're all really good but i don't seek them out um yeah yeah there's a
2: box of encore and pledge in the
1: yeah and a man. lot of
2: his older stuff too a lot of the short runs from like 2013
1: 2014. Yeah. and i like revisiting those every now and
2: then uh number nine room 101 daruma that's not made anymore number 10 nat sherman timeless um I haven't heard anybody talk about the new Nat Sherman or the new Timeless. I've only heard about the the new Feriotega, the Elegancia and the Generosa or whatever the fuck they're called.
1: Yeah, Patrick um, said that was really so I don't really know. I, I assume those are all reblended versions of the Nat Sherman's, meaning meaning Herklotz has put his own kind of spin on those. They seem kind of pricey to me. And you know, I'm a big fan of Herklots and and I definitely want to try all of it. I want to smoke uh I want to smoke particularly the one that Patrick said was really strong to kind of see if I feel like that but um I mean I'm those not buying $21 cigars on a regular. Yeah, those two are completely new blends. Yeah.
2: Um but the other ones are basically sounds like they're the same but it's rebranded. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah. think
1: I, th- I think Herklots works on a whole other level that I'm not on that level of luxury. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not.
2: Uh 11 Undercrown. That
1: still sell the shitload uh, and shops. Yeah, you know, th- um, I really liked that cigar when it first came out. It's not, it doesn't taste the same to me anymore. But like, you know, like I still burn. I st- I have still have you know probably a hundred or two hundred of the original Dirty Rats, and um, uh, so I smoke through those a lot. Uh, I-, I was getting bundles of the Segundos for a while in in Nicaragua from from Nick and from Jesse. Um, so I still have some that are you know pre. Swisher kind of. I really liked the um when they had the the two limited Ligas that were reduced, they were produced at the trade show maybe in nineteen. The H ninety
2: nine and the Liga ten?
1: Yeah, I liked both of those, but I liked the H ninety nine more. Yeah. I, that's I a cigar a I would probably smoke a lot of if I could get it. If it was shorter too. I don't like the Toro size, but
2: have you tried working with that um that uh Connecticut Habano? That things- um it's on the tabernacle it's on the h99 i think it's on the pledge that's a cool i those those three cigars i all like i would love to see like the roma craft take on your take on it
1: i don't know where they're getting that tobacco
2: from um i'll make a couple phone calls is, is it
1: Corojo 99 what is it
2: <laughs> uh i'm not sure i should uh look that up i mean it's I not it's
1: something it's not something gus has
2: no and that's something nick talked about in length i think on one of our pods um I'll have to look it up and
1: see what I smoked I, some old, uh, Gwensys, uh, the original releases that Nick gave me that were smoking really, really good. Those are money. Um, even way better than they were when they first came out. And, but like the David and Goliath ones, I, I, I didn't like those so much. Um, but the, uh, I mean, almost everything he makes is, is really good, but, mm. um,
2: the one, the one that I don't like, I think Dom likes it and Mukau rich likes a lot. The, uh, the um,
0: Heichler Castle Maduro, the Ecuadorian Maduro. Um, I like the I like that, that I, one, right? The Connie better than Maduro. It's is that a Maduro? Is he it Habano? Ecuador, yeah, Habano Maduro. He says it's pretty light. Right, what's
1: next? What's next?
2: Okay. Um,
1: we haven't hit a Roma yet in 2012.
2: No, not at all. Uh, you're not on the list at all. Number twelve, La Palina Goldie. Number two. Um, four kicks, uh, Forty Las Antillas, four kicks, limited edition, 2012 mule kick, uh, feral flying pig, the underground Corona Viva, Quesada Oktoberfest.
1: That Oktoberfest is a great blend. Um, uh, uh Quesada had a blend back, back then, like 2009, 10, it was called the Espana. Yeah, that's a good one. Fucking really good. Two six two
2: Revere, that's made at Sensia.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was yeah.
2: I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about this one either. Uh, Rodrigo La Fortaleza, Fortaleza. Yeah, more made. It was made at uh, Ventura. Oh, is that Lou Rodriguez? No, Rodrigo. No, it's
1: Rodrigo. It's a guy in from uh, Western Pennsylvania. Rodrigo is is mi amigo. Okay,
2: uh, Ezra Zion, Inception, they don't make that anymore. Uh, number nine, Liga Pravada. number 23. Uh, number 24, the Quesada, Jalapa. Never,
1: I don't know if I ever had that.
2: And then the uh, La El Eldario, Kill Bill.
1: That's a good cigar too. But yeah, like half of those, either those guys are like on their third factory, you know, you know, or, or they're, you know, they're, you know, whatever it is this year, they all got AJ cigars or, or whatever. Right. So, um, I mean, none of them are bad. I mean, there's nothing on that list that I, that I wouldn't smoke, but, um, I don't know if any of those are still, you know, 2012 was the year we released, uh, Intemperance EC and BA and both every cigar we ever released is still selling as fast as we can make them. So, um, you know, they weren't on that list, but they were released that year.
2: Yeah, I would definitely say like the. OK, so you were number 11, the Intemperance EC on 2014 or 2015, and you were number 12, the Intemperance 2014, 2015. But um most of, so I would say if you look at Half Wheel's top 25, their own list, a lot of those cigars are still on the market.
1: Or, oh, but they they focus mainly on new and limited cigars. I mean, they always yeah. have. um yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why if you look at the consensus list, it's more of a kind of a broader industry. Like, look at the consensus list from 2012.
2: That's what I was looking. That was the the consensus. Oh, that's list. the
1: consensus list. Okay. Yeah. So
2: uh, what I'm saying is, h- half wheels own list. You see, it was limited that were really good, or it's regular new regular production that's still around. Where you look at the consensus list, it's mostly. More than half of it isn't on the market anymore.
1: Yeah, but like uh, for example, like look at um, I mean, I'll talk about Sokka because, you know, he's someone, you know, I, I don't he knows how I feel and I, you know, I don't I don't consider him an enemy or whatever. So um, but like Sokka worked really and is very competitive, right? So he worked yeah. really hard to get the cigars in people's hands to to really pet these guys and really, you know, work on them. And when he was really getting out there, You know, even at like the trade shows, he would talk to these guys more than he would talk to his customers, as an example, right? And so, like, you know, Sober Mesa and Micorita and Tricky Tricky and all this stuff was on the list, you know, top three, top three, same cigar on on different lists for three years, you know, all this stuff this year he's like not on any list, you know, you know I mean? He's on like a few guys list who, who, you know, are still like big, you know, kind of like saying Roma's on cigar hustlers list or my list. Yeah. You know, it's like, of course, yeah, it's a different, different thing. But, um, but like he wasn't on the half will list at all. And, and I don't know if he'll make the consensus list at all. Uh, but just because he didn't, you know, he was busy this year. He's, you know, he's trying to, he's selling twice as four or five times as many cigars as he was back then. And you know, he's, he's dealing with retailers, not bloggers, right? Um, so,
2: oh, they don't have the 2021 up yet, but I believe the Paladin Paladin de Saka made the list and it, was and, the hasn't, re-
1: and it hasn't even been released yet,
2: yeah, because he sent a box to every, every reviewer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like so you, like
2: yeah. if you look uh, at the consensus list, how me how does it's, that
1: how does that make even any sense, right? Like you've got this cigar you say is so limited it's thirty five dollars or whatever, and then you got enough to send full boxes to to these guys for free. I mean, what are you trying to do? I mean, you know well, you're trying I, you're trying to get that into the list, right? Yeah. So
2: the, I would say like you look at the consensus list, it's it's stuff that it looks like was sample provided kind of thing like you know where like like the year neanderthal it was on the consensus and made out that was stuff that the reviewers had to go out and buy you know what i'm saying versus like you didn't send everybody a box because if you send anybody they're gonna review it and then they're gonna you know if it's good it's gonna make the list
1: you know um well it's whether it makes the list or not it's fucking good that's a great blend oh yeah yeah, that's my you know so um But anyway, uh, Dom, you know, I'm like you in the sense that I always like seeing something on the list that I hadn't tried before and thought, you know, if this many people are talking about it, I've got to try it, right? And more often than not, I'm like, yeah, that's a good cigar, but it's not, you know, it's not universally good. Like, you know, it's that's not going to be around in 10 years, you know when when la flor dominicana double hero hit the market it was a game changer when when Hoy de Nicaragua antonio hit the market it was a game changer when when um liga Bravada, Bravada number 9 hit the market it was a game changer when Tatuaje brown label hit the market it was a game changer when camacho aroas camacho originally you know those were cigars that when they hit they became fucking instant classics open and and Opus, yeah, Opus was more kind of like, um, Opus was never my favorite of Fuente because people chased them so much. Yeah. But like but like the Don Carlos, right? Um, still as good as it ever was, right? So, um, you know, and I've got a $8,000 Opus humidor. They're full of really super rare <coughs> cigars that are fun to smoke every now and then, but... You know, I don't think they're worth fifty to a hundred dollars. But, you know, again, to each their own. Um, you know, what I what I would what I always kind of try to look out for every year is here's a cigar that hit the market. It's just really good, unique, it's a good value. The company's got their shit together. Uh, they're doing all the right things. They're they 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 have got tobacco for a couple of years. They're, you know, they're making them consistently and they're, you know, they're keeping it, you know, they're they're getting it to market correctly. And you go, this is one that's going to be around for a while. And so you look at this year and you go, okay, what cigars were released year th- this year that are like that, like new core, like, you know, when Neanderthal was released, it was meant to be a core line that was produced every year. And every size we've ever made it in is really good. It sells as fast as we can make it. And that's the way it was launched. Right. I, I want to know, like, I can tell you for me in 2010, it was cro in 2000. 12, eleven it was uh uh intemperance ec and ba in 2012 it was aquatane right it, in 2014 neanderthal those were those kinds of releases to me um because they're mine and that's how i released them but i'm trying to think of like what came out this year that is going to become a new core line for a company that is going to be you know up there in the top 50 kind of brands of cigars every year for the next 10-15 years. You know, it's going to become an instant classic. And you know, if you said some, I might go, yeah, maybe that meets that criteria. Or I would say, no, that one's not going to be around in two years. They'll be on to their third subsequent blend by then. I think the
2: the Fiat Lux has a potential to be from Pachardo has a potential to be around for a while. Um I like that one a lot um other than that i can't think of anything it's mostly been new limiteds um that are you know one and done or every couple years kind of thing but like in
1: in the last 18 months what were the big brand releases like non-limited okay so i'll give you a good example like all saints right yeah so like um they i think they've had a couple different sizes there were a couple different blends but I think they're doing things the right way. And, you know, I think that's going to be on the list for a while, you know Um, you know, whatever Matt Booth put out last year won't be around in two years. It'll be something else, you know, it'll be good and it'll be sexy. And Matt will put his, you know, all of his, his um, sizzle on it, but you know, it won't be, you know, he won't be talking about it. The way Mickey will be talking about it. Mickey will be talking about the St. Francis, the way I talk about Cro-Magnon, 8, 10 years from now, you know? But
2: there's also different approaches, too, like uh, Patina, you know, they have the Connecticut, Habano, Maduro.
1: Yeah, yeah, slow, steady wins a yeah. race. And that's that's a good, solid cigar.
2: Yeah, and he's not uh, flooding reviewers with with uh, with samples to review to make these lists. You know,
1: um... I mean, Saka's, um... Um... Saka's, um... Mikorita, I think is one of those brands. I mean it's a good solid brand to be around for a long time as long as he takes care of it, right? Yeah. Um Tricky Troca I like a little bit more. Um, but I think that'll be around too. So um I'm trying to think of other brands that were like in the last 18 months that are like that.
2: I can't. Um because all the big all the big companies, um like General and and uh some the um Monte Cristo, they sh they shuffle through their stuff so much. I saw it as a retailer. They would come up with something new. We'd order the opening order and then that was it. Like the CAO Bones or the a lot of that stuff is we carry like their older like a lot of the older stuff, like the CAO Brasilia, the uh Mac okay, I'll I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll
1: I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. Um placencia's uh Alma Fuego or whatever, right? Um, that's going to be a core line that's going to be in the landscape for a while, I think. Um, or a lot of
2: stuff that Crux has done.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Um, they're
0: doing it the right way too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good example.
0: I don't know anything about Aventura, but I know of like some of the cigars that they've come out with. Yeah, what a lot of people- they use.
1: A lot of uh, uh Henderson Ventura. Yeah. I mean, he knows tobacco. He's doing it the right way. I mean, he's not doing it like the way, what's the, the other guy, the fucking PDR, Ape Flores, you know, whatever. But, you know, Ventura's doing it the right way. And, you know, it's not my cup of tea. It's very Dominican, right? Yeah. It's not my thing. Yeah. But um, I think he'll have a couple. But are his like core line releases or are they like kind of LE stuff?
2: He's got like five core lines, and then he comes up with these like weird sizes. That okay, mostly kind of, kind of
1: kind of like what we do with chromagnon.
2: But I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't much. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I can't get.
1: their are they Connecticut that came out with the the pearl necklace is really good. So this would be my question: if I was one of these blogs, like it would be an interesting. You know, they do top factory, top whatever, top whatever. Yeah it would be name the top five brands that that are core line stuff that were released this year that are going to be around in five or ten years that is call, a good... call that one right like was the floor double la hair on your list was camacho you know diploma uh, on your list was uh hoya antonio on your list was or was you know was room 101 johnny Tobacco Not on your list you know yeah you know or what you know or and, and i don't mean to pick on matt i'm not you know he has his own place in the business right and i think he he really tries you know he does a good job i guess the way he the way he does it um you would have to say when soccer releases a brand and i'm not talking about these limited things he does yeah like still still well and all that stuff but when he releases a brand like micorita or sober Mesa or or when crown heads releases, you know, four kicks or, or, um, uh, yeah. Four kicks or, or Headley Grange or yeah. Mil Diaz is another one. I don't smoke a lot of those, but that's one of those that should be around a while. If they keep doing well with it, you know, foundation, I put in that too. Yeah. Yeah. El Guagüense, Perfect example. I mean, that's going to be around for a while. Tabernacle. Tabernacle. Great buy. Good, good cigar. Um, whenever they put out, you know, um that this uh agonorsa stuff they've re- re- reinvented themselves three or four times but i think this kind of supreme leaf thing i think that's a le but um kind of think you know wh- what is rocky what is rocky puts out a lot of good cigars i guess but like what's the you know i remember when he released the 1992 or the 90 and the 92 and the connecticut 99 and those were like core, hardcore brands. And he probably sells million, millions of them still. I don't know. Yeah. But when's the last time you ever heard anybody talking about the Rocky Patel in 1990? Uh, Rocky used to have had this brand called Old World Reserve, which was yeah. fu- it was so fucking good. And it, like, it doesn't even make it anymore. Or maybe he makes it in a catalog somewhere, but it's nothing like it used to be. He brought right? it back a couple of years ago, and I haven't heard anything from it since. Yeah, like Eric does Naranja. That's a brand that's gonna be around a while. That's a core brand or crema, the crema that they do. That's gonna be around, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: I um, think uh Fratello stuck with their core line for a while, uh until like the last two years, and they started doing like a bunch of LEs. Yeah, Totally really rise.
1: <laughs> no, I had something in my mind. I get I guess yeah, I, I guess article. what I'm saying, I guess what I'm saying is I'm saying. It would be interesting to see these guys be able to call those, you know, those brand the brand, you know, the new brand launch of the year, new core line brands of the year, top three, top
0: five. Well, hey, That's I'll a, make yeah, a i will make I know my calendar, Tyler, for five years from now for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh let's wrap this up on a
2: I was uh there was some slander against my taste in, in movies. I want to know skip top five movies.
1: My top five movies of all time?
2: Yeah. Do you want me to go first to kind of give you a second to think?
1: Well, so using your criteria of movies that come on that you always watch? Yeah, rewatchable. Rewatchability. Okay. And I'm not saying these are my personal favorite movies of all time, but these are all-time greats, right? Like uh, Shawshank Redemption. If it comes on, I have to watch it. Yeah. Um, uh, Big Lebowski. Comes on, I have to watch it. Uh, those kinds of movies, uh, um, Miller's Crossing or uh, Rais- uh, Raising Arizona. Those kinds of movies. If it comes on, I have to. I have to watch it, right? Um, but I mean, there's there's a lot of really, really, really good movies. Have that- you seen Midnight Run? Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I'll watch that movie.
2: Like I'll tell you one movie that kind of, like, I, I like the Coen Brothers a lot, Fargo, Big Lebowski, but the one movie where I'm like, this cannot, it cannot end here, I need, I need more of it, is uh, No Country for Old Men. Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. Um, that's, like, my speed, like, um, like, I really like Inception. Inception's got to be in my top 20, probably.
1: I like Memento a lot better mm-hmm. than Inception, but.
2: Yeah, what? It's movies that that stick with you after it's done, you know, like Inception, just like the whole dreaming thing. I'm like, this is fucking fascinating. Matrix, you know, yeah. Like I I had uh, Pulp Fiction, The Social Network, um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, This Is the End, and Boogie Nights. Like those are like my top five. Dom you. Dom studied film in in college,
0: nothing. and he <laughs> doesn't even like movies. Just, I don't uh, retain that as much, except for like one liners, maybe.
1: Well, for me, movie. So, like, I probably have. I still probably have about two or three thousand DVDs, right? And and every single one of them are movies that I thought were great movies. When I, I mean, there's probably some in there I bought that I thought were good that I would just you know throw away if I you know they just take up space um but like there's the ones that i keep kind of on a stack in the front that i always kind of rewatch, right but now and now if i want to watch it i'll just go rent it for the 25th time you know yeah Three, 3.99 3.99 um yeah i mean there's there's so many really good movies like i like ser- series mini series uh uh better than movies really like um John, John Turturro was in this short, like, you know, it's like a five, five episode thing called, uh, the night of. Mm. That's really fucking good. Like band of brothers, um, generation kill lonesome dove. I don't know if you ever watched lonesome dove no. fucking amazing, you know, four or five episodes. Um, you know, those kinds of things kind of stick with me longer. And, you know, I like rewatching through the series of them. Well, like for me, like The Wire stuck with me. Yeah, but that's like five seasons. I'm talking about like yeah. five episodes,
2: right? I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just saying like TV that stuck with me. Um, and then True Detective season one, I think, is the best season of television ever. in My opinion, even though the ending, what they're building up to, the ending didn't really fit. What they were kind of the narrative or what they were building up to, but like I was all in when they did that tracking scene, you know, where it's one shot, you got to get it right kind of thing. That's what I like about movies or uh, film. I want to sell
0: them. I should go back film. and uh, back to school for film. No, no, but yeah, I'll and throw I like- Rocky in there. I like Rocky. My dad was well, a big fan. Like, so.
1: what, what were the movies of the year over the last three years? What were the nominees? Oh, shit. Couldn't
0: tell you. Uh, Dune made a few lists. I still haven't seen it.
1: Dune was was really good, but it kind of was like the first of five that you have to watch yeah. to really get it all.
0: Yeah, but plus, I, I feel like I can't see that now unless it's in theaters because it's made for that. Yeah, it was it was good on a TV. Um, okay. a,
2: Star, a Star is Born was pretty popular a few years ago. Yeah, um, nah, it was okay.
1: Uh, La La Land um, No uh, The problem with doing Academy Awards stuff now They're all so woke It's like they gotta get The gay one The retarded one The Well The black but, one The The immigrant one But those can be Like everybody Everybody this year Is talking about this movie The The something dog The With uh, Cumberbatch What's his name I watched it And I was like I did Cumberbatch Yeah I was like Dude that was so fucking dark That movie I'll check it out. What, uh, Tyler, like,
2: how do you say his name? Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. They um, said Ben the dick. <laughs> ben <Benedict Cumsnatch>. um, <laughs> no, uh, the dick. Come snatch. No, but here's the thing too. Like, I don't like, just because the movie's different doesn't mean I have to, like, it's something that like, like the movie with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, The Lighthouse. Like, oh, that's my just brother weird loves to be weird.
0: Huh? My brother loves that movie.
2: That's not a movie for me. Like huh. it's just it's too out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like movies like Donnie Darko, that's out there. I like oh, that movie a lot. That's you know? I put that on the same plane as um Did you see did did you Records see Paras- Did you see Parasite? That's like fantastic. That sticks with you after when it's done, yeah, that, that sticks that, with you.
1: That was a great movie. Um did you see Hell in High Water? That's a great
2: yeah. that stuck with me too. It's I love that guy that because they did uh he's done a few movies, um the uh, uh, Jeremy Renner with the, uh, the the snowmobile or the what was that fucking movie? It had John
1: Berthal in it. Wind Lake. He did Wind Lake too. Uh, Wind that's- River. Wind River. Have you seen that? That was a great fucking movie. I think with, it's called uh, Wind Lake. No, Wind River is the one about the the Indian girl that that gets killed. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's a Wind, great movie. Wind River. Yeah. Um
2: moonrise kingdom is that the one with that's fun mahershal ali which one was he in uh he was gay in that movie so that fits that but that's a good movie that sticks with you too i don't know moonlight moonlight
0: uh wait yeah moonlight that's a good movie all right skip just got up uh tyler we should wrap this yeah, up yeah we gotta i gotta I go, go to work, work at 4 a.m so I need to make sure my computer can download all this yeah it's so like three hours download all right, we'll wrap it up once
2: once it gets back. I'm gonna get something to drink yeah. and we'll wrap it up. All right. I just wanted to end it on something not so serious.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking at this list of uh, movies. Uh-huh. So top best movies last ten years.
2: Well, yeah. Next time we have you Skip, we'll have uh, we'll have Mike on too, and we'll do our top ten movies or top 50, top ten. We'll, do, we'll each do a top 10 of our favorite movies of all time.
1: Did you see that movie with Casey Affleck, uh, the uh, Manchester by the Sea?
2: Oh, that's a great movie.
1: That's a good movie. It's
2: fucking sad. I like a movie where I cry in it, man. I'm all in. If my emotions get, well, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on it. It's
0: on brand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, What else is in here? Oh my God, I got to go to bed. Dude, you're so lame. This actor, um, man, this guy, what, what, what's his name? He's in a lot of really good movies. He was in that series about the married couple that got a divorce oh, recently.
2: Uh, Donald, uh, uh, he was in Star Wars. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, he was in Star Wars. He, he, was in a, he was in a recent movie where he was like this Italian guy. Uh, oh, not man, Gucci, was, right? No, no, it was called um
2: Adam
0: Driver. Adam Driver's his name.
1: No, yeah. that's that's the guy that's a different guy.
0: The guy was in the uh like the iRobot one?
1: No, he's the, he he was in that that folk music movie, the Llewellyn whatever.
2: Oh, no, I'm not sure.
1: Um Once upon a time th- in Hollywood. He he was in a recent movie called The Card Counter, which wasn't great, but I, li- I really like him as an actor. Let me see what the name of this movie is. Llewellyn, uh Davis. W- what's what's the guy that acted in that? Oscar Isaac is his name.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. I A like pilot. that movie
2: he did. Um,
1: yeah, he's in Dune. Yeah. Uh,
2: he was in Ex Machinia or whatever. Oh, yeah, it's that's called, the
0: one I called iRobot. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's called A Most Violent Year. Have you seen that? That was actually fucking seven, eight years ago. It's fucking no. crazy that's a great movie have um, you seen
2: uh, You Were Never Really Here with uh, Joaquin Phoenix
1: where he's like with a young kid yeah yeah that was a good movie too
2: I haven't seen that uh, I don't like Wes Anderson films
1: there's been some you good ones said
2: Moonrise Kingdom is that Wes Anderson yeah. yeah I meant I meant uh, Moonlight
0: Sonata yeah uh... anyway Dude, there's, Fantastic there's a, Mr. Fox was good
1: there's a lot of good movies
0: Yeah, like what about
2: Lady Bird that's not coming Uh, skips.
1: it it was okay
2: I like that movie I like coming of age movies I like uh...
1: there was a recent movie where I think it was Justin Timberlake uh, had a it was like an Apple movie it was like Justin Timberlake it's kind of like a loner guy and and, uh, this girl lives in a trailer behind him or something has a gay kid Mm. Uh, what was the name of that movie it was really good too
2: all right, uh, I got two more for you. If you like them or not, I'm curious. Uh, it's called It's
1: called Palmer. Palmer. If you haven't seen that, Palmer, it's really good.
2: Uh, Winner's Bone. Jennifer Lawrence's Yeah, that's
1: okay. a good movie. Any kind of redneck inbred <laughs> hillbilly fuck flick. Uh, Dunkirk.
2: What do you think of Dunkirk?
1: Very good. I thought I thought the the one with with uh, Winston Churchill was better though. The the late hour. Finest hour or late hour or whatever it was.
2: Okay, last one. Phantom Thread. Never heard of that one.
1: I don't think I've seen that. Is that a?
2: That's um, that the guy bo- who did uh, uh, no uh, fuck, god damn it, um, Boogie Nights and uh, what the
1: fuck's his name? Paul Thomas Anderson.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got, P- the
1: guy, M- the M- guy that did Magnolia.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, I'll
1: tell you another fucking great movie that every time it comes out, I have to watch it. Um, collateral with uh, where where Jamie Foxx oh. is, dri- is driving uh, Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise around Michael Mann uh, yeah, he, most, Almost anything about Michael Mann is good w- Okay, yeah, he what about he, He's an all-time classic
2: What's the one he did with uh, Hemsworth No, that was Rush No, I'm thinking of the one, the, the computer hacker That was kind of a bomb uh, He was a, There was a computer hacker one I forgot what it's called, a red habit, a red red rabbit, or rabbit hat, or Mad Hatter. Anyways, uh, Skip, thank you so much for being on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I think we learned a lot.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I
2: think we just babbled for what two hours, something like that.
0: This is like the last hour and a half.
1: <laughs> all right, Dom. but for all all sixteen people who listen, it's going to be thoroughly. It's you know we it gives you a good chance to sit down and smoke through a couple of cigars, drink a couple of beers.
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, it was fun. So I appreciate it. Thanks for being on, Dom. Yeah. Have fun editing. There's only one thing I want you to edit out. I already texted you.
1: I saw that. I'll. Um, wait, what does he want edited out? I'll tell you <laughs> after <laughs> we hang out. All right, no. Guys. Tell, t- okay, it's so nice I would her. create. I would create a second edit if. Yeah.
2: All right, guys. Thank you so much. Rock and roll.
1: That's a bitch move, by the way. Editing shit
0: out. (laughs) Keep the cigars on ice. Yeah!